0: This week on the OneCast, we're joined by Brad Fuller and Paul Benson, owners of the National Professional Fishing League. They're going to talk about how the league got started, where they see it going, and uh, maybe we'll get a little inside information on what's to come. That's a good one. That's a good
1: one. Oh my God, oh my God, it's a toad. Huh? It's a f- <laughs> toast, dude. Let's go. I
0: wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day. What is going on, OneCast fans? Welcome back to the OneCast, episode 3000 or something like that. <laughs> uh, we're uh, we're back for another one, and we're excited about this one this week. Uh, joined by the owners of the, the National Prof- Professional Fishing League to talk about the league, how it got started, all that good stuff. But before we dive into that, as always, we want to make sure we uh, shout out those that support us so that you can support them and help us continue to grow. So make sure you head to OneCastFishing.com, use the code THEONECAST at checkout, uh, get your snagless jigs, your long neck hooks, your net, your weedless neds. Uh, they're catching fish. Uh, they're on the Carolina rig catching giants, Texas rig. Uh, the jigs are catching fish with and without a skirt. So uh, all kinds of good stuff. We'll go into more of that fishing Friday uh, when we talk more techniques and things like that. But uh, make sure you check out One Cast Fishing and uh, and support them uh, to help uh, support us. Trey,
2: man, I'm really glad that everyone's in the studio. Ben, welcome back from Missouri. I'm glad that he had a great trip up there. Uh, fish weren't biting that great, but you know what? You still caught fish and and you lost less tackle. So <laughs> that's um, true. You know, a, speaking of us all being in the room together, uh, one of the things that I wanted to to talk to the audience about was uh, you know I got a boat technician. His name is uh, Justin McLean McKean, and uh, his wife is battling cancer. Right now, and uh, they have a GoFundMe page, and we're going to put that in the link. But if you can find it, if you have the means or you can find it in your heart, please go over and support this family. They got a GoFundMe page, they're trying to raise, you know any amount of money that they can because he works for uh for bass pro shops and, and you know there's only a certain amount of time that he can get off and they have four children so we are praying for you and your family justin his uh his wonderful wife danielle mckean's down in uh, arizona right now going undergoing like some serious treatment for cancer we'll put that link in there head on over to that link uh, support in any way you can uh because man life is precious and we don't know how long we're going to be on this earth so that's why we need to fish it right you know what i mean so uh and we'll, we'll grow this industry. One cast at a time, but head on over there and check those guys out.
0: Yep, yeah, and and uh, we we plugged them last week. I'm going to plug them again this week uh, for His Glory Outdoors is putting on the second annual Guardian Classic. It's on Lake Murray in South Carolina. If you're looking to travel to fish an event on a different lake, uh, help out a good cause, uh, be around a bunch of good people, good fellowship, uh, make sure you check them out. Uh, check out for His Glory on Facebook. The links are all going to be in the description. We're going to go into more detail. I don't want to take up the guys we have on time diving into it. So check that out. Links again in the description of the video and the audio if you're listening. And Ben, you got anything to yeah, add?
3: Yeah, the only thing I want to plug, I want to plug Doug with the PBC, the Piedmont Bass Classic. So their championship was this last weekend. Uh, One Cast Fishing had the door, or door or not really door prize, but a prize for a, a big fish second day. But I will say, if you want to get in some uh, kind of big money tournaments locally here in the uh, RDU early area. If I can get my uh, tongue untied here, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a two day championship paying out both days. So the guys who won day one got a check for about $4,000, the top 40 qualified and the winner on day two got 10,000. So mm-hmm. pretty big payout for uh, just a little local regional trail here. And so Doug's a buddy with us. So if you're in the local area, he's got a fall trail starting up, um,
0: I think in, in the end of July. Yep. yep. Awesome. Yeah. So without any uh, further, I'm going to bring on Brad Fuller and Paul Benson uh, owners of the National Professional Fishing League. Brad, Paul, y'all got us? How you doing? We're doing good, guys. How are you? Good. Good. You got us, Paul? Paul, you are muted. Did you understand? There we go. Good, <laughs> good,
4: good to go, guys. <laughs> we're appreciate you having enough. us
0: on. Absolutely. We're glad to have y'all. And we're, uh, you know, I, I unfortunately didn't make it down to Santee with Trey. With uh, With it getting pushed today, I had some prior commitments. Uh, so I couldn't get down there uh, for Sunday, but uh, Trey got down there. You know, we've been talk- talking about y'all since I think the first episode, maybe the second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul, I've known known you for a couple years now, and and when the league came around, we were super excited, and and it continues to grow. So, uh, you know, we want to want to make sure that uh, that we talk about things that that we excite us, and I think all anglers should be excited about what y'all have going on. So. I guess real quick before we dive into the league, if, if Brad and Paul, if you guys want to introduce yourselves and anything you want to share about yourselves, uh, before we get into that. Go ahead, Benson.
4: Uh, just Paul Benson, uh, reside just North of Atlanta, Georgia, uh, been in the fishing industry for, I don't know, a little over 10 years now. And, um, you know, was excited to get involved, uh, at the start of the league and, and be able to give something back to the industry, uh, you know, and be able to give something back to the anglers, uh, who truthfully, you know, make up the majority of the industry that we're in, you know, without the anglers, um, none of us would be doing anything that we're doing. So, uh, it was just really exciting to, to get into a new venture, uh, you know, in an industry that I currently, currently work in and currently love.
1: Well, I got to follow that talking about love and feelings and everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey guys, uh, Brad Fuller. I'm the president of the NPFL. Um, been in the industry for the same about 10 years Fished, you know, the, the uh, Toyota series Costas back in the day and uh, owned the tackle company for about seven years. We just relinquished control of that, sold that last year. Uh, that was Omega custom tackle, uh, have been involved in the NPFL since the inception and um Man, what a ride it's been And uh, we're really excited Currently reside in Ohio I was out in uh, St. Louis, Missouri for about nine years So we just transferred back to Ohio To the family farm here uh, You see the office is pretty bare And you can hear the echo in here Because there's nothing else in here but me and the <laughs> computer So we're still moving in And uh, getting settled in and all that But uh, it's good to be back in the Buckeye State
2: Go ahead oh, I was going to say um, Before uh, we dive in I you know The trip that I, that I took down to Santee and getting to meet both of you was a pleasure. Um, the, the format that you have, and we've been talking about this since day one, uh, is, is something different, something unique. And, and you guys have really created a culture with the national professional fishing league. It, you know, I've been to several big events before from, from the, you know, the elites, the classic uh, the opens and stuff like that. And everybody has their own, I guess, identity in the outdoor space. And, and I think we, we've talked about it several times. What you guys have created is something that the outdoor space hasn't seen Um, because from going down there and, and getting to mingle with all the anglers and the fans, everybody just feels like a giant family it doesn't you know how you go to some of those events and it just feels like gambling at its best uh it didn't feel like that when you know when we were down there when i was down there so um you know i just wanted to commend you guys on running a great organization and giving uh, another platform for you know avid outdoorsmen like ourselves to to watch because it's a great it's a great platform man
1: well trey you, you you know a little bit about my background and where i where I you know, came to adulthood and really learned how to be a man was in the military and, and the bulk of that was spent in special operations. And culture is an extremely important thing to me. And I knew from the get go, if we could establish the correct culture, levy expectations and hold people accountable, that good things will come of that. It's not going to be easy and it has not been easy. And you know, you've got the right culture when the when the masses start holding each other accountable and they start doing things within the culture for each other, you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. unprovoked by me, unprovoked by Paul. Um, and I, I don't know if you, if you, I think I saw you guys may have spoken about this about what the guys did for Baron Adams. Um, I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know anything about that. You know what I mean? Like, and and whether whether I agree with them doing it, whether they should have done it, whatever. It still falls within the culture of, of what we're trying to foster here, right? Like, some guys are like, Well, you know, I'm not sure that was the right thing to do, or you know, or whatever. It's, it's not, Hey, man, it's not about us, right? Like, get, get over yourself, check your ego at the door. It's about those anglers and that man and what they did for him, period. That in the discussion that that's that's as far as the conversation needs to go. And for the people who don't know, I think 22 or 23 anglers got together and they actually paid Barron's entry fee into the next event. Um, cause they felt so horrible about what happened to him. And they and they know Baron, they know the man he is, they know his family, and they know what an honest mistake it was, and they just want to do something to lift him up. So they did that. But yeah, culture culture, man. I, I could talk this entire podcast about culture and the importance of it. But I'm glad you felt that because that's that's what we've been chipping away at the at the iceberg for, is to get that culture established and then root it and uh make it stick.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we've had, you know, we've had several of your anglers on and, and folks that fish other series, but no, no anglers personally that, that fish with y'all. And, and that's one thing that they all say is, is the, the culture for the anglers, it, it, you know, it's really about the anglers, you know, as much as about a business as, as, you know, the league is, because at the end of the day, you have to run it that way. But it's really about the anglers and, and supporting them. And because without, like Paul said at the beginning, without anglers, none of us have any, anything. There, there's no league. There's no tackle. There's no anything. For, there's, no know, there's no podcast. There's no podcast. So you know, supporting them, like you don't all necessarily always see from uh, other organizations, is is a huge thing. And everybody we've talked to that's fished with y'all, uh, either previous or still fishes, has, has nothing but high marks on that. On that, so it really speaks volumes. And I think, I think a lot of people are starting to. To recognize that outside, like you said, you're kind of starting to see the masses recognize the culture. And with, with other organizations making changes, you, st- you hear the working man and all this stuff all the time. It really is, you know, fishing at a high level, but it also feels very grassroots mm-hmm. because of the way that it's spread out. It allows people to, to be able to travel and fish and still work their full-time job and not, not stress nearly as much. So was that, I guess I want to go into the inception and how the yeah. idea came and, and, and the league was formed. Was that something that, that was considered when all that, or, or kind of how did this, this whole egg develop uh, before it hatched into the NPFL? <laughs> Paul, you, you want this one, or you want me to take it?
4: Well, I mean, from, from my perspective and my point of view, you know, we all have a lot of friends who have beat their head against the wall trying to make it as a professional angler or make it as a, as a regional angler or whatever it is, just invested countless amounts of money, time, and everything uh you know chasing the dream whatever whatever their level of dream may be some guys it's winning a bfl some guys it's going to the classic um you know i've personally seen guys lose jobs lose marriages lose families lose everything you know chasing uh this this dream of of tournament bass fishing um that being said you know i think in its in its basis or most true form we you know we sat down and discussed um we sat down and discussed being a angler centric organization um that's a tough pill to swallow because like you got to put anglers before yourself you got to put anglers before your family you got to put anglers um when i say angler centric you know we can have the anglers and the sponsors at equal level of importance but we never put sponsors before anglers and we never put anglers before sponsors so now we got you know two really high high bars to hold for being the the level that we're at all that being said you know when we when we really sat down and focused on that spreading out the schedule to where we've got you know four to six weeks in between events things of that nature um it just seemed to really work for a lot of anglers out there who were who were wanting to fish you know and and it and it even works for anglers who were fishing other organizations and other leagues who couldn't justify the time off or justify the amount of money and, and time that they were putting into what they were currently fishing um y- you know based on focusing that hey <clears throat> these guys want to chase let's say somebody wanted to chase the classic or somebody wanted to chase Red crest, bpt whatever it might be the biggest hurdle that all of them faced was capital money mm-hmm. like beating their heads against the wall you know wanting to chase sponsorship so if we just basically set up a league for anglers to make money and put the anglers first and focused on making sure the anglers, you know, win, lose, or draw, whether they, whether they win a hundred thousand or whether they're driving home, you know, explaining, Hey, didn't cut a check. We want those guys to feel like they left, uh, having an experience that that's worth the entry fee, you know, whatever that might be.
2: So can we rewind, um, to like when, what year and who initiated the conversation to say you know what let's let's create this this national professional fishing League. like how, how was that stimulated and and who started it
1: so uh the lineage of the npfl starts with uh al mccullough big al so michelle and i were at a big bass bash event on lake of the ozarks Um, we had Omega custom tackle there and Al literally walked up to our booth and said, Hey man, let me talk to you guys for a second. Um, had known Al for about five years and he kind of, he kind of loosely pitched this idea. And, um, it just so happened, Michelle and I had to drive from Lake of the Ozarks back to St. Louis, about a three hour drive because our daughter had prom the same weekend as Big Bash Bash. Thank you, Charlie Terrell. So we had to drive up there, do the prom gig and then drive back back that night to be there for the next day at the big bass bash on the way home my wife looked at me and said what do you think about that i'm like he's freaking crazy like you want <laughs> and that, remember that was pre-covid right that was 2019 yeah. but we'd already yeah. heard rumblings of the of the of the merger or the split if you will of bpt and bass and i was like man it's just such a chaotic time right now and we were sort of talking about it and we said man this might be the perfect time to do something like this like people are kind of fed up so when we started doing the analysis of alternatives of how we would do it, looking at all the business, um, the ins and outs of how will we do this? And we, we knew there were boxes we had to check along the way. Hey, we have to make this available to a broader audience. We're not gonna take anglers from bats. We're not gonna take anglers from, from then FLW slash BPT. Like we have to create our own anglers. And then if we do that, what are some things we have to be able to do we have to have a live stream. We got to be able to compete on some level with the live stream platform. I don't care about TV. Like I haven't watched TV in ten years. Everything is streamed on Apple Plus or Amazon Fire, whatever. We knew, and it just so happened we had a partner in Fixed Productions that was didn't even exist then, and I called that had done some head-to-head um, fishing. I don't know if you guys heard of that or not.
0: Yep, yep. But
1: they were live streaming it, and it was a very small console deal where they streamed. I called the owner there, Brian Keller. I'm like, hey, bro, you want to do something crazy? He said, absolutely. <laughs> so they they basically built fixed productions around the NPFL. And, man, all along the way, things just kind of fell in place. Every time we turned over a new stone, we're like, man, I think we can do this. I think we can do this. Um, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on uh, a podcast or not, but since it no longer exists, I think we can. Do you guys know what the original name of the, the National Pro Fishing League was?
2: No, no. I think you said something. I was down to Santee, but what is it? Yeah,
1: that's you and I talked about a trade. It was actually the Pro Circuit. So remember, we launched this before that even existed in 2019. Well, about six months into us, we already had logos done. We had um, we had applied for a business license under that name. Well, FLW rearranged things yet again and came out with the Pro Circuit. We're like, well, crap. Now what do we do? So that's how that's actually how we ended up with the with the uh, with the TNPFL, the National Pro Fishing League, or as we say, because no one likes to say that, we just call it the league and it's starting to stick a little bit. So we like that.
2: Not the Nigerian Professional Football
1: League.
2: That's right. uh, We
4: we like to we like to lay claim that the league out there because of the Ohio State University and all of us being, you know, (laughs) affiliated in one form or another. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the Nigerian professional football league, they're going to come over and fish with us one year. We're going to send some (laughs) guys over there to play football with them. That
0: that would be some great content. Depending on who you pick to send, that could be highly entertaining. Yeah.
4: Yeah. 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 We, we hope to get to that point.
2: So you guys put your heads together. Al, big Al came and and talked about it. You guys are like, you know what, let's, let's take a shot at this. Um, professionals speak logistics and amateurs speak tactics right so and you guys know that how how long of did it take for the logistical planning before you said this is the decisive point we're going to make this a thing
1: uh what paul about well i mean just say just say a year i mean it was 12 solid months of and 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 we had so and, and i know you'll appreciate this we had had um stepping off points where okay we have to have this by this point if we don't have it mm-hmm. we're done yeah. we have to have this by this point if we don't have it we're done and those milestones were created in a way that i'll be honest man i never thought it was going to happen i mean just being totally honest with you i'm like the deeper you get into it like you said when you get into the actual logistics of at getting a trailer right like hey man if we want to do this like trailered way in blah 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 like we have to go find someone to build us a trailer that supports this. We drove up to featherlight in the middle of January in Iowa. Don't ever do that. Like Al and I about <laughs> we literally he we drove a two wheel we drove a two wheel drive Ford F two fifty or one fifty, sorry. It was full wheel drive, I take that back, but Al didn't put it in full wheel drive until we almost died like three times. So the mm. wind was blowing hundred miles an hour. It would literally just push the truck off the road. Mm. So we get the Ooh. feather light, we sit down and we describe what the guy wanted and what we wanted or what we needed. And they're like, yeah, we can build this. Literally, Paul, what do we take delivery of the trailer about 30 days prior to the first event?
4: Yeah, it was it was within within 30 days. So,
1: yeah, it, I mean, that, so luckily we had driven up there. Luckily, we had done that because if we hadn't done that, we would have had to push the season back to start just because we wouldn't have had our trailer ready to go. So, and, and again,
4: the, the, the COVID first had a meeting, big thing
1: to do with
4: that. The, the first meeting that we had at Fix, uh, Al and I went to uh, Wisconsin, Appleton, Wisconsin. Uh, I don't think it was January. It might have been December. It had to be November or December, but it was, I remember it was three degrees when we walked out of the hotel that morning. <laughs> and it's just like, man, it's just glutton. You know, we just... <laughs> dug in dug in right away
0: yeah that's that's wild to think to think uh you know you were able to pull all that together in a relatively short period of time and uh and the production and i I, i've told paul when i've seen him at shows i I know i've told fat cat uh you know when i've when i've talked to him for those that you don't know fat cat newton uh he does there some commentary and some other stuff for the NPFL. he's been with them since they started uh he's a good dude make sure you check him out but uh your production from day one, the first one I watched, was right up there with with the other organizations wow. that have been doing it forever, and so you could really tell that was a priority, and that, that you you knew the importance of being able to stream that, uh, so so folks could watch it, and and you know that's we're, we're all fishermen, we all like to watch fishing, and, and to have another you know another outlet to be able to watch that uh, throughout the week has been great, and the the production quality, you know, the stream the stream very rarely goes down. Uh, it's it's been been a ton of fun you've had you've had great personalities on there with guys like James watson and fat cat helping me out and different folks you know luke obviously does a great job so uh, you can you you can see that that was uh that was high on your list and, and being able to partner with fix I didn't know that about fix so that's uh that's pretty cool that almost two businesses spurred from that you know they had their little production but they sort of built the the conglomerate that they're they're going for the you know the size of business they're going for around the NPFL. so uh, you know, early on, you you created opportunities for out, you know, for outside sources. That's that's pretty uh, pretty unique. I mean,
4: well, that one impressive. One one of the things that's interesting about Fix that nobody knows, they were they were one of the first companies to ever stream for the Iditarod. Um, you mm. know, they've got an attachment to one of the Iditarod greats. It's a young kid. I could pull out a book back there that I have on it. I don't remember the young man's name, but he's one. he's won multiple iditarods um and they were having problems finding somebody to uh live stream or show anything live you know they were talking about these big snow cats going and things of that nature um so we knew before we even got into uh, you know into bed for uh, lack of a better term with fix like we knew their capabilities and it wasn't necessarily that their capabilities for doing that with the iditarod would work for us It was kind of, they were the people that we were like, okay, we want to do this X, Y, and Z, make it happen. Man, I don't, we get told no a lot, but by the end of the conversations, like, I don't think Fix has ever not attempted or tried something that we've asked them to do. Like, like they might, they might stop block us and say, well, we've got we've got this issue to contend with or this issue to contend with. But as far as a production partner, we couldn't ask for anybody better because we'll we'll call them, Brad will call Brian at three o'clock in the morning and say, hey, I need you to do this, this and this. And we need it done tomorrow. And, you know, they might they might gripe a little bit or things (laughs) of that nature, but they always make it happen. And and so while production is important to us, Um, we just, we're thankful to have the partner that we do that just makes it happen and gets it done.
2: Yeah. So you, you start, or you had the idea, right. And y'all sat down, put your heads together and, and drafted, you know, a a business concept, a a trail. Um, You got a trailer made that you got 30 days before the first event. Let's talk about the, the, the partnerships. So besides fixed TV, What other partnerships, like who got on board with this? And how hard, how challenging was it to get other people on board with this, if any?
1: Bro, it it was, it's hard to sell something on an idea when you've never done anything, Mm. right? And all we have was a bunch of scratches, you know, like I built a PowerPoint briefing just like you've seen a million of Trey. Like, I'm like, look, this is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to. You know, uh, what was our slogan on the bottom of that? Um, prove legitimacy, establish longevity, and something else, right? Like, it was, we're like, oh, this is genius. They're going to love this. <laughs> I'll be honest, man. I think, I think the bass tank with John was probably one of the first guys to go all in with the MPFO. Um, you know, those early sponsors with uh, Pro, Pro Guide was a year one. <sighs> Paul, is that correct?
4: Uh, year two, I believe. Yeah.
1: Look, I'll be honest, man. It seems like that was 600 years ago. (laughs) I imagine. Um, But, but just, but just having those conversations in the, in the very beginning of, you know, Oh, if we build it, they will come. Dude, we got laughed out of the room. Like I I will tell you this and I won't say the company name. We had, we somehow, (laughs) we got an audience with one of the biggest auto manufacturers in the world like mm-hmm. a seat at the table. This went into a boardroom with a bunch of these and it was a freaking train wreck. <laughs> I was like, dude, we're, we're in way over our head." You know what I mean? Like we are not, I'm fairly adaptable. I, I, can, I can pivot on a, on a dime. I felt like a fish out of water. Like it was just the most uncomfortable thing in the world. Um, but progressive was a year one deal. Dude, we we owe Progressive an immense amount of gratitude just for taking a chance on the MPFL in year one. To get a company like Progressive on board and a significant partner, our number one partner, to be honest, um, as far as what they provide for us, and dude, they've been awesome ever since. And and we we cherish those relationships with those guys. And and I'm proud to say that Paul backed me up and this. We could pick up the phone right now and make a call to Progressive, and they will pick up the phone and be like, hey, what can we, how can we help you guys? You know what I mean? Like that's, but I think that goes back to that culture, right? Like who we are, what we're about, what yeah. we will do, what we won't do, um, and things like that. And I think we try to, we just try to live our life through the NPFL um, or run the NPFL as we live our lives, right? And I'm, I'm very proud of that. And I'm very proud of the fact that we do have such great partners. And I'm looking forward to getting some more guys on board
4: next year. But,
1: yeah, man, those early conversations, Trey, were awkward, bro. Awkward.
4: I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go a different direction than what Brad did. He, he handled the sponsorship aspect. I will uh, – so uh, I, of course, uh, knew Fat Cat. You know, I've known him a lot of years. Uh, it was an easy conversation. You know, I'm not going to say he didn't say we're insane and everything, but he yeah. was on board pretty quick. Um, Luke – you know, uh, literally one message, one phone call, and then Brad and I drove to the low-budget bar and grill and hung out for a day and and made everything work there. And once again, you know, I, I think Luke even had some questions like, "Are we really gonna do this?" Like, and when we brought the when we brought those two guys on, you know, to this day, you know, I I've gotten I think I've gotten three calls uh from owners of companies uh, in regards to luke and lbl and just different interactions with anglers out there and stuff and every time we tell them like hey man that's his show go pound sand like like with all due respect like luke is luke lbl is his deal when we when we brought on both fat cat and luke and watson all those guys um bradley holman you know when, yeah. when we have anybody sit in that seat we make sure to go over the top and tell them like Hey man, be you like, like, and we, you know, Luke, Luke'll, will give us some lumps, you know, when we deserve it, you know, we've had rough things that we've addressed and Luke's addressed it on LBL very well, professionally, all that type of stuff. But, but he's, he's given us our lumps when we deserve it. And I think those guys as partners are hugely, hugely important for, you know, what we do, how we do, um, just day in and day out, you know, they, they, they do a good job of keeping a barometer out there to make sure, you know, whether it be anglers or sponsors or just industry folks, haters, it doesn't, whoever, whoever's interacting with us, good, bad, or indifferent, those guys are a good barometer for us. And they, you know, they kind of, when Brad and I, you know, go at something or go, go hard in the paint on something, those guys both have a good enough relationship with us that they can come to us and be like, Hey, uh, pump pump the brakes a little bit, boss. You know, we got to, we got to handle this one a little bit different because i mean brad and i'll be the first to admit like we we have no we have no slow we have no neutral we have no granny here like we we will get it done but we we do things uh very heated a lot of the time and and you know keep the keep the temperature and tempo moving for the entire organization um another key piece uh, of folks that that are huge aspect of our team is twin visuals um tanner lines and travis lines and they've worked you know for everybody still work for everybody um they were a huge component to come on and and take a chance with us and you know uh they just i i I can't say enough good about their work you know we're always screaming we want it faster we want it better we want it you know but uh they absolutely provide you know second to none content um and then we've had a lot of places we've had a lot of organization or uh events you know cvbs and places like that who have supported us who go above and beyond the tell folks um we just had our first event down at clarendon county jesse surratt and i, I can tell you like if i had anybody that has any questions about whether or not they should have an npfl event i can add jesse to that list um miss sherry down at like you alabama was our first event you know uh, Neil Paul over at Hartwell who does a lot for fishing on a lot of different, you know, all, all of these partnerships, you know, uh, really, really help us out and, in, in, you know, for every good one, there's a bad one, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. not going to go down and list all those, but w- we do try to make sure that we're thankful for the people that support us, uh, our families, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I can't tell you, Brad's had his whole family working there, I've had my whole family working there um my dad actually currently works for us uh our tournament director has a very close friend that that works for us al's got you know uh, well and brad you know uh brought in some close friends from the fishing industry who were anglers at one point and they come in and work for us you know we've got a staff we do everything we do with about nine people sometimes 12 um and it, it, it's a lot you know to do if if we don't have the confidence in the people that we have helping out and we've had people that have helped for three or four events and then life came up or whatever and th- there is a rotation there but our, our core group of folks brendan kyle I, I i'm gonna miss somebody um and then sean mahal our tournament director he does an awesome job for us day in and day out as well and and man i can tell you it, it, none of these guys do what they do for the pay they do it for the anglers. Uh, mm-hmm. They do it for the industry. they do it because they they love giving guys an opportunity um, the first time we handed a fifty thousand dollar checkout to john Sukup, it was uh it was a pretty enlightening experience um my my kids were there because it was at Ufolo in Alabama um It was exciting stuff we have we can verifiably say that we have changed anglers' lives. Um, mm-hmm. We say that with zero ego, you know like they do it themselves, but we've given them a platform to be able to go make money and then go chase a classic dream or go chase a BPT dream or whatever it may be. And it, it just, you know, it's, it's each and every day is coming more and more to fruition what we're doing. And rightfully so, like we had, we had to prove our viability, you know, Brad don't yeah. talk to that, you know, at length. Like we, we, we didn't expect us to walk in and everybody pick up behind us and, and help us and support us. You know, we understand we got to prove ourselves um and we've been able to do that and we're we're thankful for the the ability that we've had to be able to do that
0: yeah and i i I certainly believe that you've proved that given and we don't need to go into detail but there's been plenty of road bumps that that everybody knows (laughs) if they followed you with the you know the first year with the championship and and you know kind of you made made the shift to the hundred thousand and it was a little bit late and it might have hurt you know applications a little bit and things like that, but y'all just keep rolling and and it speaks to the culture again. And I know we keep saying that, but uh, we all come from worlds where culture is, is something. Whether it's business, military, uh, you you really have to have a culture and and partners behind you that believe in the product and, and what you're doing. And I don't think there's any question uh, that everybody involved and folks that are coming on board, you know, fully are, are believe in, in the mission and what you guys are doing. And and it's uh, it's been great. So, you know, year one wasn't without its road bumps, obviously. Uh, year two, you know, got into that. So after the first year, you get through all those events. Uh, you know, I, like you said, I, can ima- I can't even imagine what it was like to hand that first $50,000 checkout. That had to be be a huge weight off the shoulder to say, man, we actually did it. Like, we did it. And, here, you know, here's here's kind of the first pinnacle of that, you know, get, making the peak there. So after that first year, you know, there was a little bit of a, a hiccup at the end of the year. Did you kind of sit down, you know, I'll use the, the term after action report, you go back through kind of what <laughs> happened that year, right, and, and what went good, went went bad. Did you see a need to make any big changes? Was there anything there that drove where you felt like maybe this this isn't what we thought it was going to be, or, or did you feel pretty confident in what you had done to that point and just need to tweak, tweak a few things here and there? running a good tournament does not
1: mean you have a good business, right? Like we, we felt like what we had from the tournament aspect and what we were doing with guys on the water, 119, 120 guys, trailered way in smooth operation, unprecedented, um, uh, release rates on fish because we were keeping fish in the live. Well, how happy everybody was. And and I'll be honest, man, you're, you're too kind on saying a robot. It was a freaking travesty, right? Like, like, to do the work we had done for two. Remember at the end of that, that was almost two years worth of work yeah, and to get yeah. to the end and not be able to finish it the way it was supposed to be finished. Um, and no one to point the finger out except ourselves um, because we let things happen that were outside the span of our control. And I knew better. And that's what really hurts, man. And we've all been there where, you push the envelope so hard to the razor's edge because you want to be that guy. You want to bust on the scene, 10 cameras live. Dude, 10 even now saying that seems insane. 10 cameras plus fat cats camera, wait 11 live cameras on the water in year yeah. one.
3: Yeah.
1: But we were, we thought we were pulling it off. We, we had some major investor issues that we didn't see coming. And, and so end of the day, Bro, that was one of the hardest things I've ever been through in my life. Like, I mean, honestly, to have to call 119 engineers and go, hey, boys, we got a problem and own it like a man and take the ass chews and take take the take the urine. Like, and listen, all that was deservingly so. You had to stand up, put your chest out, let them pound on it, punch you in the face, and just stand there like a man and take it because you earned it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really feel like, man – because of the way we handled that situation was why we got another chance in year two. Any other way we handle that guys are like, yeah, we're, we're out. You know, the fishing industry is fickle, bro. I like you guys know you're, you're Uh, in it. So the fact that we were, and the guy saw the blood, literally blood, sweat, and tears we poured into every event and how committed we were to doing this, man, I think, uh, 80 guys came back after that, which I was shocked at, to be honest, right? Like, so we, we run year two, we end up with like another 120 guys. um, And man, it was just like, wow, that was, to me, that was the eye opener, right? Like, are we going to have a league? Are we going to have a league? Can we overcome this? And then to see that kind of response. And then our sponsors were like, hey man, we're, we're with you guys. Like everyone makes mistakes. You guys handled it the right way. I knew then like, okay, like, we, we, if we can just get our get our life right, Bobby, as, as Fat Cat would say, like, that's right. like, we, we've got a shot here, <laughs> right? So, um, yeah, that was, that was, I think, and I hope in 20 years and 25 years and 50 years, we look back and that was a pivotal moment in the legacy of the NPFL, right? Like, yeah. bro, listen, Paul will tell you, we, we, t- we're like, man, do we just fold up shop and, you know, and I just got mad about it. Like I didn't want to quit. You know what I mean? I'm like yeah. I don't I don't want to go out like this. And, and, it, and it it gets very personal. You know what I mean? Like I've I've had the great privilege of doing some very hard things in my life that my kids and wife and family will never know about. And that's just that's just the nature of what I chose as a profession. I wanted something my family could look at and go, "Hey, he did that." Yeah. And I didn't want to lay down and just quit. So you know, I laughed at Trey. Laugh. When you're dumb, you got to be tough. Well, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty tough. You know what I mean? Like we can figure this out. And man, to see where it is today and going into year four, um, I really think we made the right decision. And I'm super proud of the organization and everything we've been able to accomplish so far. And really excited about what the future holds for the NPFL.
2: Yeah. And- Did you? Was there a point where you and Paul and Al and everyone involved was there one? incident that you can think of where you guys came together and said we might not be able to make this happen
4: (laughs) oh yeah no not one bro (laughs) not not one (laughs) i can i might be pulling the curtain back a little bit too much but but we we like we we have had very long in in direct conversations about the what's and the how's and the why's and and you know fortunately we've had the uh diligence and fortitude to be able to make it happen. But yeah, we've had that conversation plenty.
1: Well, and, and it's, yeah, it's, it, it's knowing who Paul is, knowing who I am, Al is and, and our, and our, and the later partners, Mike and Kathy Como, they, they really breathe life into the MPFL coming in and, and, and having purchasing 51% of a piece of crap company that wasn't worth a nickel. Right. And, and believing and and I, I think the pivotal moment for me, was when Mike looked me in the eye and he goes, hey, man, I'm not investing in the business. I'm investing in you, right? I'm mm-hmm. investing in Paul. I'm investing in Al. I'm investing in Michelle. I want this to work because I believe in what you're doing. And being a phenomenal partner and business partner that him and Kathy are for us is, has been amazing. Um, but, dude, we <laughs> there's a 100 stories we could tell you about that question you just asked, Trey. Like, I would imagine dude, so. So, you guys know we did we did the studio on site at yes. yeah. Yeah. year 1. Right? Mm-hmm. How in the hell we ever pulled that off like looking at it now how easy and how there was no room to grow there that was the real thing but dude the communications and the stress it put on production was really holding it back from what you see now. And listen hmm. man, again you guys are too kind saying that that first that first one was a train wreck. That Like everything, like the camera footage was good. I mean, they were, we had the polarized lenses on, like we we had some of the highest tech lenses on cameras in fishing. I know because I know someone in production at another organization called and said, how come we can't do that? So (laughs) our professional photographers who do motocross and, and snowmobiling and skiing, they know that sunlight deal, you know, like, so yeah. to see the clarity we had on this, those on those fish catches when Jesse Millsaps was you know plunking betters off, um, but I remember the conversation I have with Luke when I shut the stream. Sh- I pulled the, I pulled the commentators off the stream. I think on day two, um, about halfway through the day, we couldn't just get the comms figured out. It was such good fishing that was the first time I think Luke Duncan wanted to actually. rip – reach down my throat and squeeze my heart. Um because <laughs> man, he's passionate about it. And and yeah. for me to say, hey man, we, we can't talk, we can't stand the heat anymore. Like it's not your fault. This is a this is a technical issue, but I can't have you guys on talking over the anglers and you can't hear each other. And you know Luke and I joke about that still today. Um and just my phone calls and conversations, I was like man what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like there was, <laughs> that was one of them. And, and there like, are always the issue. Oh, well, it, it, and everything. Right. I, and I yeah, knew yeah, that. Yeah. And it just, you know, it was, it was, it was, a, it was, it was, it was bad, but there was enough good in it for us to say, let's do it again. Yeah. So,
0: so, yeah, yeah. I- Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I think the production. I, I would probably look at it the same way if I was in your shoes. Uh, but as a consumer, uh, it, it was it was good. I mean, you know, I, I, I didn't have any issues with it. I did downplay the the first year and the way that ended because I didn't want to bring up that uh, that pain because I I mean I felt it knowing Paul and, and the time and everything that that, that you all had put into it. Like when I saw that in the room, it was a rumor at first, and then when it kind of it, it became official, I, I think my heart broke for y'all at the same time because it was like you know that's a tough one but really you know and to like you said to see you be able to come back from that the, to me that proved you know that proved the value of, of what y'all are doing and i don't it'd be tough to kill at this point to to survive through that in your first year um it, it's you, just it's it's wild to to think that you went through that in the first year
3: and even with those issues what, you know- I remember watching. I can't even get the GoPros and my mics to work half the time to record on the boat, and I can't even imagine all the live cameras and and commentary, and especially on site, right? Uh, you know, all the wires and everything. Like, you know, so I think I think most of us who are serious about fishing probably understand that, and you know, seeing seeing another organization, you know, going to that extra step, that extra level, and we could we we could see. You know, talk about the cameras, right, and the clarity, just. We can see, you know. I think everyone could see where this was going to go, and so I think a lot of people that, you know, that helped, you know, come along for the ride.
4: Bro, I can tell you how to fix those GoPro issues. 70g set. <laughs> 70g clears it all up. Like, yeah. like, oh. like when you're, that's all you deal, need. 70g. It, it, yeah, it, yeah. It's 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 funny because we laugh about it. and We joke about it. You know, we we had uh, we had a camera issue this year that came up. You know, just as a result of. Like it was nobody's fault, nobody's deal, but like those things behind the scene are, are extremely difficult to, to understand or deal with. People don't understand. Like they say, well, well, th- this camera didn't work or this feed didn't work. Or I don't think they understand the, the amount of moving parts that each one takes just to get it, you know, get it squared away. Um, you mentioned something about like, th- like the rumor in relation to the cancellation of the championship. Like, man, rumors are going to happen. The, the the rumors the rumors or the things that get leaked out ahead of time that are factual are the easiest things for us to deal with because we, we base everything we do on transparency. We, it might take us an extra day or two. Like there's times we go to the field and we say, hey, guys, you're finding out today. Hold it for two days for us, please, so we can get our ducks in a row and notify those folks like y'all ahead of time so that it doesn't come as a shock or anything. And that lasts about five minutes typically most of the time, <laughs> this, this year would probably last longer. The, yeah. the, 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 toughest pill to swallow, the hardest thing to deal with day in and day out is the rumors that are completely false or completely yeah. untrue. Um, mm. I had one, I had one this past year. Uh, I, I was fortunate to, to go on a little fishing trip down to Venice it was like mm-hmm. two days. It was like fly to New Orleans, fish for two days and then fly back out. Um, I was able to pu- pull it together with some friend's help. Um, if y'all ever want to go to Venice fishing, hit up Quentin Capo that fishes NPFL for us. Uh, he, he has the best price and the best ability and he'll take you out and put, put you on them. QC fishing. Um, but that being said in the truck on the way to, to go to this, you know, my phone just starts blowing up. Well, so-and-so's podcast said that the NPFL was out of business and it was a major podcast and it was a major, uh, news guy for the like industry reporter um and and, like those are the tough ones i mean brad Brad elaborate on it as well like the stuff that comes out of nowhere and you're like what what are these guys even talking about like we say okay well just blow it off don't worry about it or whatever but the phone calls don't stop we still get the phone calls from sponsors from anglers Mm -hmm. from everybody saying you know hey what's the validity to this and and you know we 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 take some lumps saying, Hey man, they're, they're insane. I have no idea what they're talking about. It's completely unfounded. Well, th- then you get people, you know, disparaging you saying, well, why, why don't you just tell me the truth? You know, duh, duh, duh. I, <laughs> I am t- like come full circle. It's all good. But yeah. I think those are a lot harder to deal with than when we have a situation that comes up that, that we have to deal with Um, y- you know, I-, I can handle the rumor <laughs> innuendo and such easier when it's something that that we cause or we do industry-wise the stuff that people just make up is just it's 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 insane
2: i think luke luke talks about it all the time on his podcast i love listening to him and uh he he lying. When, <laughs> when the trolls come out they come out yeah. in full force yes. it's a full fledged complex <laughs> ambush on whoever they're trying to uh to get after and uh that statement about like any publicity publicity is good publicity no it's not uh, especially with the, the 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 news network of the internet and everything like that so you know getting and and that's another consideration i think a a good message here is you know right now we're talking about you guys building a business but there's there's a message to anglers trying to build their own Uh, their own angler business to becoming a professional, like all of the logistical challenges, all the publicity, all of these other things you talk about, it also pertains to each angler that wants to fish professionally. It might be on a smaller scale. But it's still there. And so getting ahead of negative PR or PR in general, like is a very important thing to do. And you can suppress information into or up into the ionosphere if you want to, depending on who gets on board with that. And we see that all the time with social media trolls.
4: I, I believe troll, troll, it, trolls, not, not to cut you off, but, but trolls are one thing. Like we dismiss, like Brad and I will take turns, like just cutting out social media. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've never been forced to do that in my life life before um but but i think both of us have taken i don't know if brad's even back on facebook after after his last exit um this was a major podcast and this was a major blogger news correspondent something you know i I don't know what the actual title is um so if i can take a time to talk about y'all uh chris brown at angler's channel terry brown at wired to fish I do want to, we we did kind of brief over those supporters when we were talking about supporters a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the guys who have reached out and said, hey, man, I don't know if this is true or not, but if it's not, I want to get the right story out. You know, like Chris, right. Bratt, Chris and David over at English Channels have been a great advocates for what we do. They've tried to help us, you know, a number of ways. Uh, Steve Sarley at ASA, We, we Fish ASA, uh i'm not sure I, I don't remember the name of his other podcast uh and not to uh, hope hopefully i'm not bombshelling you guys by naming no, another here, podcast here. No, no, here, no. um ter- terry brown with wired to fish always calls to keep his uh, you know to keep his uh, pulse on what we're doing. Matt Pangrac has never not answered the phone for Brad. Uh, mm-hmm. So that you know, once again, I don't want to focus on negative or things of that nature in relation to what we're doing because we do have a lot of great people out there who support the league, support our anglers, uh, much yep. much like yourself. I've I've told Pete since day one any way we can help y'all because y'all a tell it like it is, tell it truthful, and you know you you've been a you've been a great advocate uh not just for us but for our our anglers which is a it means a lot to us
0: Uh, i want to dive into real quick before we jump in i just wanted to say if if there's ever 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 any question about how y'all are going to handle a pr situation or something that comes up just look at what happened with baron and and the way you know the ruling was made and the same night y'all put out a post saying you understand it was a mistake, it was still a rules violation. You, you know, you backed your angler on what a great person he was, Yeah, you know, how his morals are, the standards, how he made an honest mistake. You're not going to – I'm going to be 100%. There's not another organization out there that I believe you would see that from. And and if that doesn't speak volumes to the transparency and how you'll step up uh, and, and you know, dispel any rumors that may come or whatever whatever it is, you know, just – I just look at that situation and say anything that we hear from them uh, or rumors, if there's any truth or validity to them, you're going to hear from them directly, mm-hmm. and, and it's going to be concise and that's going to be the truth. and And I appreciate you you recognizing our you know our methods because we're we're just like that, like like you said with Wired to Fish, them reaching out. If we hear something, I'm going to call Paul or Brad and I'm going to say, "Hey, I just heard this. Is there any validity to it?" You know if it's going to come up, we get people that message us and stuff and ask questions all the time. So I yep. uh, appreciate the, uh, the transparency that y'all have had through, through, I'm still going to call them road bumps, Brad. I know that some of them were travesties, <laughs> but, uh, I don't want, I don't want to put too much emphasis on the negative. I like to, you know, you need to talk about it because well, it's part of growing, but you don't want to, you don't want people to focus on, on that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So,
1: well, well, man, and it's even just like your life, right? Like I'm not proud of every single thing I've ever done in my life, but every single thing I've done in my life has led me to where I sit right here, right now with you guys. Right? Like you, like, here's the deal, man. I'll be honest with you that knowing what we know now living in retrospect, right. Which we don't get to do. Like that was a train wreck waiting to happen. It's good that we wrecked at 30 miles an hour not wrecked at 80 or 90 miles an hour. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. it was a, a year later, it's unrecoverable. Right. So, man, I hate to say this because it really, really, really sucked. It's a good thing it happened when it did, how it did, and it, it taught us a very valuable lesson. Um, I stepped in to take over as the president at that point, and we just, man, it's it's almost like it it was some it was almost like glue, like it just forged us together a very tight network of anglers, that guys that believed in us, and um, man, I. I'm not going to say I'm glad it happened. I'm glad we were able to come out of it like we did. Like, of course, we don't want something like that to happen. But um, it it was pivotal in establishing the identity of the MPFL. Put it that way.
0: Yeah. And I'll be – I don't think there's anything wrong with saying you're glad it happened. I mean, I'll, I'll be open and honest about something personal in my life. I had a, a previous marriage that ended, and I'm glad it happened because it was the worst thing that ever, you know, that was going on in my life. It was a bad partnership. It was something that – that I probably knew could get me in trouble going into it, but I did it anyway and it ended up biting me and it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. So I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with making that comment that, you know, it might optics wise people just don't understand. If you say, I think that's one of the best things that could happen is they, have never been through something like that. That really does shape or show you how bad it was and where, where you can be once you get better.
3: It, it, you know, there's so many cliches for it, the crucible and yeah. know, foraging and all that, but it really highlighted uh, the transparency and the culture. I mean, you guys are you know, preaching about it and, and Trey felt it when, when he was down there, but to see it in action and for everyone to see the response, right? It goes a long way to, to build the authenticity you know, for with anglers out there um with both anglers fishing right the tour but also just anglers enjoying the content and, and, and watching you know from an entertainment perspective
2: yeah there's no uh there's no better way to uh if you capture the lessons learned through all the scar tissue built that's how you that's how you can brief resiliency like we always brief like you just got to stay positive you got to have a good attitude well i've said it many times like no one tells you how to do it but if yeah. you you can't live in retrospect, like you said, but if you can capture those lessons learned, you know how to go forward and like say, okay, we're gonna deal with this. We've dealt with it in the past. This is how we're gonna go about doing it. And nobody has the book on right and wrong answers. You're literally writing it every single day as you go. Yep. You know, there's no standard across the world in pretty much anything other than, I guess, law. And that's really subjective anyways. Yeah. So, you know, that resiliency is everything that a, in, or, a successful organization is built around which then translates into your culture that you have and and i wanted to visit the culture of the anglers so we talked about the logistics like getting partners together putting our heads together drawing a roadmap to success backwards planning in order to get this we got to achieve this boom 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 let's talk about the selection of the anglers from inception how did that go how did that transpire
0: uh, uh.
4: Man,
1: so that was me. Um, I locked myself in the office for what, Paul, like two or three months. Paul would say, hey, call this guy. Hey, call this guy. And I just and my wife, she could probably recite the speech I gave every single angler, right? Like, here's the crazy thing. We knew we wanted about 120 anglers because just financially that kind of fit where we needed with revenue and total revenue and looking at what we thought we were going to get for sponsors. And we figured we could make everything work at that number. Um, with some investing and stuff like that. So I talked more people out of it than I talked into it. So okay. guy would a guy would call me and say, Hey man, sell me on this NPFL gig. I'm like, hey man, you're talking to so this is a funny thing. Paul and I both say, Paul and I are never gonna win an HR awards, right? Like we're we're not. It's just it's <laughs> not in our DNA. It's so good, bad, or indifference the way it is. One example, I think Trey, you and I talked to this guy. Calls, he's like, "Hey man, like I've got the money, I've got it saved up, I've got plenty to travel, I've got like fifty thousand saved up. This is a lifelong dream. I'm 22 years old. I'm getting married in two months, and I've got a baby that's going to be born in six months." Uh, And I was like, "Okay, back that up again, but start at the end and work your way the other way. You got a baby that's due in six months. You're getting married in two months." I said, "Hey buddy." I'm going to do you the biggest favor I've ever done anyone in their life. I'm not going to invite you to fish the MPFO. Like take that Mm. 50,000, put it in the bank and just know it's there. And if you never have to touch it, great, but I'm not going to let you spend it on fishing with the MPFO. Dude, he was, he was upset. He was not a happy camper. This is a joke. I knew it was a joke, blah, blah, blah. And a year and a half later, that dude comes back and says, Hey man, you did me the biggest solid any man has ever done for me in my life. like, there's no way i would have held all that together we were very we were very poignant on saying what we would do and what we wouldn't do and Mm -hmm. knowing it wasn't going to be a good fit for everybody we made some mistakes on kind of some of the things we did with anglers in year one um we went so over the top on empowerment that we it went through their heads and they were they were uh We involved them too much in the business of the NPFL and it created a lot of problems where, you know, we, and it was our fault, we created it, but they felt like they had voices in places where they had no business having a voice. Um, it's a much different kind of deal today. We run the business and they go fishing, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we do invite them to peek behind the curtain from time to time because we need their input. Um, look man we got guys who've been in this business a long time and if I wouldn't if we weren't willing to take some other advice or at least get their opinion um, like I'm all about asking guys for opinion I'm not gonna let you make the decision for me right like the decision will ultimately stop on my desk but I would like to know how you feel about it and what you think about it because it could be a perspective that I didn't see you, you know what I mean so yep. I know I'm dancing around your question, man. Look, year one was such a blur. We, we invited anglers that we felt like could do it. We And we gave a lot of guys, some guys that we weren't sure could do it, but we, we wanted to give them a chance and let them prove to us or themselves whether they belonged here or not. Mm-hmm. I just needed about 25 really good anglers that we could showcase that could catch them. I knew if I could get 25 that could give you some flavor and variety and story, and then we just needed to fill the field up and have guys go fishing. And Mm -hmm. But I will tell you, there were some guys who kind of came out of nowhere that I didn't see, and one of those guys is still fishing with us today. Very unassuming. Like, Timmy Reams was a guy I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. You know what I mean? Now look, like, perennial AOI contender is going to win a shield, is going to win an AOI. Catches them every single. You know
4: what I mean? Like, so you just don't know. Yeah. Like, well, well, it's like, like <clears throat> to to expand on that. So, a buddy of mine that I've known for a long, long time, Brent Doddrell. He's out of West Virginia. He fished for uh, I think West Virginia uh, University. Big Hammer. Everything else. Like, I, I would say a lot of anglers. We got a call from another guy. Hey, so and so is going to call you. No, none of us knew Timmy Rings. You know, uh, but but kind of. You know, Brent Dodger vouching for him, saying, you need to slow down and listen to this guy and talk to him. Like, man, it, it's done a lot for everybody, including Timmy. And we're, we're thankful for the people that reach out and call. We, you know, we do take a lot of flack because everyone says, well, there's no qualifier. There's no qualifier. I can promise you, there's plenty of great fishermen who didn't meet the qualification of being able to pass the litmus test with Brad Fuller, Paul Benson, uh, you know, Al, Michelle, like – like we do sit down and talk about it now and like there's some great anglers out there who are just assholes and and we're not going to have them like if they come in with the mindset to create drama like like this is going to sound egotistical or arrogant but this is our house like we Mm -hmm. own it we control it i don't care if you can outfish everybody in the world if you're a jackass and you don't belong here then we're not going to have you and and i've always said that the, the the most interesting book that we will write will be the people that we told no or the people who you know we've got we've got guys out there on social media now that say yeah man i'm gonna go fish it next year and this is not a kiss the ring thing for us like like you know (laughs) y'all have seen it and y'all know how uh, like pete knows how i take care of customers and and Mm -hmm. anglers are customers without them you know trey got to see it firsthand like Brad Fuller, Paul Benson, Michelle Fuller, Al McCullough, Mike and Kathy Como would lay in front of a truck for our angler field. Mm-hmm. Like we're very, very protective of it. If I think somebody's going to come in and, and upset the apple cart, you know, when I have conversations with top level pros who have been fishing other organizations for years and years and everything, I ask them all the same questions. I'm like, are you going to be the guy that stops and picks up somebody in their fish? Are you going to be the guy that, you know, that, help somebody when they have a social media question or when you see their truck broke down or like, like these are the things that, that we really focus on when we're bringing new angler, new anglers into the fold to make sure that that culture is not, you know, not upset. And Not everybody's going to get along. Not everybody is going to going to do that. But you know, when, when we hear from an angler, Hey, so-and-so blew right by me and I was standing up waving my arms and he didn't stop to check on me. Like we're not, we can't penalize a guy or go do anything like that. But you can, I can, I can promise you, there's going to be some questions asked, and he's going to know that we know type of situation. We want to make sure that the culture, um, anglers' wives, anglers' families. I, I you know, I, I tell all of them the first time that they're there, and the first time they come see us, I, the first thing I tell them: if your wife's here, your kids are here, your parents are here, whatever, make sure they have Brad and I's cell phone number. Like, yeah. like that culture is overly, overly important. Do we have time for that? Not really. Do we make time for that? One hundred percent, we do. Um, we, we've learned a lot of lessons on the angler selection basis. Um, I, you know, I think we're, I think we're getting better and better at it. You know, um, anglers uh, are good salesmen. <laughs> are we going to be sold again next year? Yes, Brad and I will get <laughs> sold again next year, and we'll go. You know, he'll say damn it paul why didn't you you know why didn't you weed that one out and i'll say brad come on man that was all you that doesn't like like we will get duped we will get tricked but yeah um that's fine like it, it the, the one thing that we're not going to do is like you know when these people when people nefariously do things to our organization or anglers in our field like it doesn't slide like they yeah. they think they might be getting away with something it it Come full circle, come long term, like it does not slide. Because I'll get calls, I'll get calls from their sponsors, I'll get calls from so and so. Well, I heard so and so wasn't fishing because of this, and I'll be like, no, so and so is not fishing because he didn't pay his bill. You know, Ooh. like go go ask him. Like you know, it it <clears throat> and that transparency. While while we we accept the transparency of people coming at us, you know, pretty much nonstop. We have to have a lot of difficult explanations conversations things of that nature we're not forsaking it on the other side to be nice or to be courteous per se like i've said for years that this industry is just a little too a little too courteous sometimes and that's why you know that's why you get some of the bad eggs in the fold we're getting better yeah. well, I, I would i, I would well, say the 775 we got this year unreal unbelievable and they continue to get better
0: yeah i think i think I, there's I, a, a I, go ahead Brett. go ahead no, go ahead. Oh, go ahead man. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, I was gonna say. You
2: go.
1: What I was gonna say was it's it. This goes to, and I don't know if you guys know this. Our, you know the way our protest process works. So, if I, if I if I want to protest Trey, right? I see Trey do something, and I'm gonna fire a formal protest. It's in our rules. You have to file that in writing, and you have to sign your name to the bottom of it.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Then I take that protest as the tournament director. To Trey, and i say, hey, Trey, Brad Fuller is protesting you for these reasons right here. And then we now we're going to dig into the fact of, is this accurate or was this a misunderstanding? Now we're going to launch the investigation and find out the truth about what really happened. Blowing a no-wake zone, throwing an A-rig, like what, whatever, right? The difference is you get to meet your accuser. Yep. Right? Like, Trey knows exactly who protested him. Guys, do you know how many protests we've had filed on the MPFL in three years? Zero. And
2: signed? We have one. 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 I was going to say, probably not
1: many. One. And when a guy comes up to me and says – Hey man, like I saw this guy doing this. I'm like, Hey man, I'll take your formal protest and writing, submit it to the tournament director. We'll get you two in the same room together and we'll hash all this out. Well, I don't, yep. you know, I don't, I don't want to do all that. Exactly. Keep your mouth shut and go back to fishing. Right. Like, yeah, be- yeah. because that, that, that can't that's, that's that cancer, right? Like, you yep. don't, you're not that passionate about it or you'd say, absolutely. Here's hey, Mr. Uh, owner, terminal director, here's my submitted protest and writing. I signed it at the bottom. You know, it's got to be filed within 30 minutes of the finalization of the weigh-in, blah, blah, blah. So, but that, those little things like that is how we run our entire business. Yeah. If, If there's something an angler does that I don't like from the president's perspective, I don't talk about it behind his back. I go, hey, Trey, let me grab you for a second, buddy. I'd like to have a chat with you about something. And I give them my perspective. I don't talk down to them. I don't berate them. I don't, I don't pretend like I'm, I, I am sitting on top of my shiny horse looking down on him with my big suit on. I'm like, Hey bro, we're in this together. You know what I mean? Like we're eye to eye, we're man to man. And we're going to deal with this. This is my perspective. And he may come back and change my perspective, but that's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. Right. We're not above them and they're not above us at any rate. And I think that's, what's been lost in fishing. The hierarchy of how things are adjudicated is Really, really messed up in fishing right now, man. Like I we've think. all heard the stories. I mm. believe about ten percent of them. But if ten percent of it's true, it's freaking train wreck. We will not partake of that at the MPFL. Will not. We'll do everything face value. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so, we, we oh, soapbox, man. Sorry. No, no you're good. good. So no, that's great. I mean,
2: it's almost like you guys read uh, the book, and and I'm going to plug it here. It's called From Good to Great. I don't know if you ever read it, and it talks about the top five levels of leadership, and one of those is hire slow and fire fast. Uh, so when when anglers or when people ask like, what's a qualifying event, or MPFL doesn't have a qualifying event, the qualifying event is going through an interview process and having a good reality check with the owners of the organization and then for you on the 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 adjudication side to create an opportunity as a mediator and arbitrator for the anglers to settle a protest that is exactly what we talked about in one of our very first couple episodes it's like if you were king for a day in the bass fishing world as a tournament director or an organization owner what would you do and pete was very clear on it like i would make it is black and white as I possibly can, knowing that there is some subjectivity in there, but that's a very interesting approach as a leader in an organization. Like I'm going to create an opportunity for you to have a conversation with the person that you're protesting and you guys can settle it. And at the end of the day, if there's no decision made, I'm going to make the decision, right? You're going to make, you have to make that decision as a leader. And so that's a really interesting way that keeps the anglers involved. I'm really
0: glad to get that because I can't tell you how many times I've had people come to me and, and, you know, we talk about fishing and we talk about the, you know, the league comes up and it's like, well, they'll just take anybody that has money. And I'm like, hold up, bro. I know Paul fairly well. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I didn't know Brad until, you know, we've got talk here, but he's associated with Paul. So I'm assuming, you know, they're like-minded. They're not just going to take anybody. Like, yeah. yeah I know the oh, they have an application just filled out. You got the money, they'll take you. I'm like, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to, to realize that's not the case. Why if they were just gonna take you with money, why even have an application? And and like I said, knowing Paul and Brad, like there's a process there. You're not gonna bring anybody. You don't want drama. All of us are sick of what, drama.
4: What what one of the funny things about the application process? I was sitting at the house, it was a Friday or Saturday, it was like a weekend, and it was like tenth hour last year, like like four days before our cutoff, you know, application pops up, John Cox. But I think it actually said John cause, you know, the, Barry, Florida, like filled out. And I like Michelle sends me the email and I call Brad and I'm like, man, do you think somebody's messing with us? Da, 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 whatever. So, <laughs> so I call like, I yeah, cause, Carl, cause on, the, I, on
1: the application, it was John C O Z.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Cause C O Z just, 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 a typo. Address was right. cell number. You know, I checked the cell number and I'm like, but lots of people have that stuff in the industry. So I call Carson and I'm like, bro, is this serious? And he's like 100%. Um, had a phone call with John, you know, went through the same kind of deal. Like, hey, man, here's our expectations. We want you to show up, fish, and make money. Um, take care of the other anglers. And I have the same expectation for anglers to take care of you. You know, this is a fine-tuned family. We had no doubts. Like, like he's the most laid-back dude on earth. But, yeah. like, <clears throat> we have other people that, like, that's part of that rumor mill or whatever. Well, you just yeah. you just let him in. Da, da, da. Man, I have to beat guys in the head to go fill out the application. I got buddies, good friends that have fished other organizations. And it's like, man, if you don't if you don't want to fill out the application first, then the first time I send you a survey for a CVB, I'm going to have to chase you for it. Uh, maybe you don't decide to pay your deposits on time. Maybe you don't decide not to pay your, you know, like like there's indicators that go through you know with with this type of stuff that that's part of that that learning process of of what we learned um you know the fishing part we we all know fishing there's there's every single one of us comes from a different area region there's 15 hammers that each of us can identify uh Mm -hmm. up up y'all's way uh who's the yay who's that that got accused of throwing out crawfish jamie ferrado and oh you know like like, i I don't i i think it was innuendo rumor or whatever like it's a it's a joke i'm not making an accusation but like those guys are those guys are hammers you know brad staley brad staley's been a good fisherman for a long time mike corbishly mike corbishly i had no idea who mike Mike (laughs) corbishly was Jesse. yeah Je- Jesse still got to prove himself a little bit on the angling side though. I think, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I, that's I, right. I'd like to see, I'd like to see, you know, maybe two more top tens before I start, you know, putting any feathers <laughs> in his cap. So, and and that's the, that, that's the one thing that, that I hope that people embrace. I hope they're watching that, that four through three through 13, you know, timeline. Cause there are a lot of people rotating in and out and things of that nature, but But that's how a guy like Timmy Reams, you know, becomes a hammer. You know, Um, uh, we've just had a lot of great guys come through like that. And and when these guys come to us and say, hey, man, I made enough money to where I want to go take a run through the opens or whatever, like – we're cheering on brian smith and john mm-hmm. sukup and guys mm-hmm. like that you know each bradley Holman. bradley never fished for the npfl he just came in and did us a solid uh twice once at wasp Bar and i believe the other was at the uh, harris chain in florida um didn't didn't want anything special he didn't you know he didn't say hey man make sure i got you know diet cokes chilled before my <laughs> before my spot or whatever actually i think I think Watts bar was pretty interesting cause it was pretty brutal out there on the water and he manned up and, and enjoyed it and had fun with it. And and that's what we like. to. I'm rooting for Bradley every which way that I can, yeah, you know? Right. Um, so all, all that being said, you know, like the application process is what it is when guys mm-hmm. go through it and, and follow through with it and all that stuff. I think it's worked. I think it's worked. Okay.
0: Yeah. And we're going to, I want to get to the future a little bit here, but, just for for any of our fans or, or anybody new that might see this, you know, and is, is watched for the first time, go back. You know, we've had several anglers uh, on that fish the MPFL, and I think I think you'll see the type of folks that the MPFL is looking for. And and you really are looking for. You said you know questions about social media. You want anglers that are going to help other people, things like that. We talk about it all the time. About you know everybody talks about growing the industry. It's been it's been the hot ticket term for who knows how long forever. Ago until it's really time to grow the industry, right? Until it's time to put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard or phone to ear <laughs> and share information and really try to help somebody, uh, you know, to get better. And, and then all those people all of a sudden go silent or tell you, you know, I'll spend the time on the water and you'll figure it out, blah, blah, I'm not saying to, to go fish tips and give people your waypoints or anything like that. What I'm saying is you bring people in that are willing to help other anglers, even other anglers that are competing against them. All the way up to guys like Patrick Walter, like Patrick, everybody I talked to Corbishly, you know, I talked to him pretty regularly. Stephanie said it like mm-hmm. even in the middle of the tournament, if somebody asks him like what's going on, he, he's willing to say, you know, I'm you know, I might be doing this or looking at that and, and share information to a competitor, uh, you know, after the tournament or whatever on exactly what was going on. And I think that speaks volumes of the type of people that you're bring in because we all know in other organizations, there's probably certain anglers that that aren't going to tell you anything at any time other than the picture they might take with their rods and a couple baits hanging off of it uh, that, you know, that they do for the sponsor or whatever. So to, to hear that kind of inside baseball with folks that are fishing with y'all uh, and, and to see just the, we're going to say it again, culture that's being built has been different than anything. And it shows that that application process works. And I can tell you, we can talk about it offline. That there was a, there was another guy from up our way that was going to fish with you that, that ended up not. I think he he, he had trouble pulling funds or something, but you dodged a huge bullet on that one. So uh, <laughs> yeah. we can talk about it offline. Yeah, yeah big yeah. time. Text, and, and,
4: <laughs> text me that name. I will. Probably, I will. He probably will. wasn't considered. He was probably just telling you all he
0: was. Yeah, yeah. there's a good chance. But it also shows how small the industry well, is. Oh, yeah. We all heard about oh, yeah. the crawfish deal because. <laughs> Yeah. that uh, that was a hot. That's a hot topic. Uh, hot topic uh, locally.
2: Pa- Paul and I were when, when I went down to Santee. We we're, were on the dock after uh, Brad introduced me, and uh, Paul and I talked about culture, uh, community versus culture, two different things, and um, you know, culture being uh, you know, are these people going to come in and upset the balance? Are they going to, you know, work well with each other? Are they going to uh, be a steward of the profession? All those characteristics that any good organization would want, uh, out of people working for them, working with them. And, uh, and you guys exercise what, what we call servant leadership. Like, even though, you know, they're part of your organization, you're there for them. Um, a question about the elite angler, the elite series anglers. The the two that I know of that you have fishing for you, Walters and, and Cox, the original John Cox. uh I don't know if he's the original or not. He's, John, he's John Cox. He's John Cox. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: He's he's redo part two The original John Cox is a plumber in Carrollton.
2: Yeah. Was there was there any hesitation out of your guys' decision to bring elite series anglers onto the MPFL?
4: No, because the platform yeah. is for these guys to make money. Well, go ahead. I say no, Brad. Say well, yeah. well, I like what, it.
1: What, what, what? what I, I think we're we're attacking it from two different angles. I wanted the right elite series guys. Yeah. Okay. Right, like it, it was important to me that we just didn't open up the floodgates and have forty of those guys that just want to double dip. But you know, and because that's mm-hmm. not what that doesn't help me build the culture. And I'll be honest mm. with you, I I told. A very, and again, man, I'm not saying this in a bragging way when someone, it doesn't matter. It could have been someone that I'd never heard of. It just so happened that I knew exactly who this guy was. Um, this gentleman and he spent the first 15 minutes on the phone call telling me everything we were doing wrong and what we had to change. Mm. And I let him finish. I said, Hey man, I said, I really appreciate your input. Um, I said, we're not we're not going to be probably extending you an invite, but I hope everything works out for you. And maybe we can talk about this again later. He's like, well, why? I was like, hey, man, I need people who are conformists. Like you have to trust that I have a vision for what this company is going to be. And we are in the building stages of that. I cannot have somebody here that is consistently and persistently sticking their finger to test if they can pop the balloon or not, yeah. right? I said, so you got to understand that You're very successful. You're going to do great in your career. This isn't going to affect you one little bit. But we're not going to be extending you an invite. Um, That that made in the circles that made some waves because people didn't understand why we did that. There was zero. There was not a question. If Paul would have called me and said you have to put him in, I was like, we're not doing it. Yeah, Patrick and John both. The conversations we have with those guys were just. Picturesque of what you want to do as someone running a company and what you want guys to say. And I tell every single angler, and Trey, you probably heard this while you were there. We don't walk around like, I, you know, we weren't walk around like with these uh, big scrolls and banners, like with the 10 commandments of the NPFL written on them. Like, we don't <laughs> talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, we have a saying here that's deeds, not words. Don't tell me, show mm-hmm. me. And that puts guys in a mindset of, hey, man, anybody can talk a good game. The few chosen ones actually step up and lead by example and do it by example. We see that filtering over to the anglers and what they do. And, dude, that's, that's a very proud moment for me because I feel like that, that is the culture of the MPFL. That is, that is what I want this thing to feel like. When Trey, Trey walked away, I hope you felt good about what you felt. We tell people – You've got to come see and and experience it for yourself before you really can get a good grasp and understanding of what the feel is like. I can't, I can't describe that to you, um, Yeah. but so that's my, yes, we were particular about elite anglers. So Benson, give give your wrong answer to it now.
4: Well, well I don't like, like, like I don't, I didn't, I didn't qualify it as, as whether they were an elite angler or not. I mean, like, like, like I said earlier, if, if we knew they wouldn't, if conform is the right word but there's a lot of words that we utilize like conform uh different you know whenever we talk about we're different everybody wants to take that to a comparison sense Mm -hmm. um we literally sat down and said hey if we're going to do this we have to be different like we we don't we have to grow the industry we don't like want to feed from the same pools and, and things of that nature year one you know after year one Uh, I think it was the first classic I went to after year one. I had, I had people coming up and asking me and saying like, Hey, are you mad at us? And no, not at all. You know, why didn't you ask us to sponsor? Why didn't you ask us to, you know, participate? And I had to, you know, I had to step back and tell them like, man, I've listened to you for three years. Talk about how you're bleeding sponsorship dollars out the ears and barely being able to put yourself together. You know, like, like we didn't, we didn't immediately go into that pool to like to to bleed companies who were already overextended on sponsorship dollars with other organizations or maybe Mm -hmm. they're not you know bleeding with other organizations but they're happy with our partnerships that they have and we weren't trying to we wanted to make sure that when we came in when we started you know uh the first call was to bruce aiken the second call was to uh uh bill taylor because flw was still it's own thing then and i think the third call was to boyd's camp i don't know if it went directly to boyd or not um but all those conversations you know went went how you would expect them hey man we love you yeah let's we'll help you any way we can we'll work around schedules things of that nature everything evolves (laughs) you know and everything evolves and and you know i i think that's how that's how the mantra of deeds not words like when we talk to sponsors, when we talk to anglers, uh, on the angler front, the application process, there's a lot of people. I've seen two jack wagons out there on Facebook that just constantly—they're trolls. They beat us up. Um, one of them talks about we never called him back, da da whatever. Like, if we truly wanted, if we truly want to be who we are. I would put that dude on blast and show the email apologizing where I can't take my invitation. Hopefully you'll let me come back you know, type of there's always two sides of the story. And we don't, Mm -hmm. we, we don't necessarily address that stuff. We just, you know, like you said on the other instance, we dodged a bullet, you know, Mm -hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll make more mistakes. That's for sure. But I think the more we grow the culture and the more people see that we do what we say and that, that it is about deeds, not words. I think we just, we wrap more good folks into the fold and man, we've been dead wrong both directions. There's mm-hmm. people, there's people that we've let in the league and like I've called Al or I've called Brad and I'm like, you let that son of a, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, do you know how uh, like, like we like just absolutely put people on blast. And then guess what, man? There's some of our best anglers, best, pro- <laughs> best uh, proponents, proponents, you know, things of that nature. Like, yeah. there's mm-hmm. just there, there's just a lot that that you know transpires to where we 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 can be wrong both ways. And and Absolutely. we're that's the biggest thing about it is like there's no ego in this for what we do. Um, you know, like we try to be as as humble as we can. We do carry pride, and we do you know we want to be strong in our in our thought process and, and in our business model. Um, but we do admit when we screw up, you know, and we we learn from it.
0: So we've heard, you know, building the culture, we've heard the word evolve, you know, so it seems like a good, good way to segue. What is the evolution of the, the NPFL? What's the future look like? Is there anything you can share with, with us and, and uh, our fans that uh, might, you know, maybe a little sneak peeks or, or what the vision is in the next couple of years, uh, things we might see. Yeah,
1: man. And, and listen, I know I, I, I I watch your podcast, so I kind of know the flavor of how you guys go at things. And I think I think you, you guys especially will appreciate this. From the business aspect of the MPFL, like guys are like, man, you've got to get a to be legitimate, you've got to have a qualifier. And I've always said, man, why would I have a qualifier? I've never filled my filth yet. What are you what are you gonna qualify for? You know what I mean? You're gonna prove that you can go out and spend 200 bucks and fish a qualifier where everybody qualifies for the championship? Like, no. I feel like we're going to be saying this for the next 20 years. Next year is a really pivotal year for the Mm MPFO. Because we don't know what's going to happen, we don't know how many angles we're going to have. We're going to cap the field at 130. 130 is all we want to do, what Trey saw us do at the event. Like it's like we're going to have to sleep for the week prior, make sure we take the week after off. It's going to be a handful. But from the fiscal aspect of it the fiscal side of it that is where we need to be to kind of get everything going where we want it to go um, you guys kicked paul off sweet he was driving me crazy <laughs> um, there's uh so there we, now was- we're, we're gonna we're gonna ca- go ahead what'd you do
4: uh, there's an uh, uh, an emergency so Oh. Not an emergency. We're good to go. But it's a good example of like, like I, I didn't do that for effect. Like somebody text me and said <laughs> du, du, in caps, like I, I make sure to go read it to make sure that it's something that can wait till we get done with this. So
1: gotcha. Um, so we 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 are going to go to one thirty next year. How that shakes out will drive the future of the MPFL. If we're at 125 or we're at 120, we don't get to 130. That has one set of kind of directional arrows off of it. Do this, not this, blah, blah, blah. If we've got a waiting list of people, hey, man, if we've got a waiting list, now we need to start looking at everyone that wanted in couldn't get in or everyone that fit couldn't get in. Here's the deal, man. I'm just super bold-faced, honest with you. I'm a little worried about the maturity organization being able to handle an open qualification
4: because now we don't get the
1: screen, right? So we have to, we have to make sure that the business model is mature enough. The media outlets that we have access to everything has to be posture, poison ready to accept the fact that anybody who qualifies gets the fish. The organizational structure has to be rock solid Duties mm-hmm. and responsibilities within the organization of how things go. And because listen, you build those for the, for the Baron Adams moments, right? For when yeah. things go absolutely sideways, you never, when everything runs smooth, you don't learn shit, right? It's when
2: mm-hmm.
1: we have X, Y, and Z go wrong with production or with, with something. And every time one of those things happen, it's just, just made us recalibrate on what we're capable of and how we need to do things. So we're going to get in some specifics because I know that's what you guys want. But when you talk about the future of the MPFL, we are going to run this business and scale the business based on how the business is performing. To this point, hey, man, 75, 76 anglers has been a dream to run. I will tell you right now, if I get a vote and it just so happens I get a big vote, 80 to 100 is the sweet spot where we want to live when we're, in full like production mode. Like when we're, everything is hitting a stride. Sponsors are there. 80 to 100 is where we want to be. So if you take 130 and you start looking at that, then you can go, well, if they go to 130 and they do that for a couple of years and then they're saying, well, if they have a waiting list, we're going to build a qualifier. Hey man, we're taking the field back to 100. The bottom 30, the bottom 50 guys or 40 guys, whatever the number is, Will have to qualify for the MPFL in one of these three qualifying events. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm spitballing there, but, and then you build the regions after that and all that stuff. So, so I think, I think the future, if you're a fishing guy, the fish, the future of the MPFL is pretty evident. Ooh. I think we lost some, Polly.
4: They're still they up there. It, so
1: I was like, man, they're just lost.
4: I'll oh, be back it. in a minute. Can they edit this stuff out?
1: Oh. Oh yeah. They're at it get
4: it. We'll test it. So what are you having for dinner, bro? Sorry They're back. They're so back. Did you get recorded again? Are we still recording? That so we're that, recording. Okay. That, that that was probably Corbusley texting them after he texted me that it was an emergency. They were checking on him too. And That's I'm right. just <laughs> and I'm just kidding. It was not Mike Corbusley. He has never texted me for an emergency ever. Um, so I, 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 think that, I think that one thing to talk about in relation to the future, like Brad, uh, you know, elaborated on in relation to that, um, like we're willing to listen, we're willing to adapt and make changes based on what's in the best interest of anglers, what's in the best interest of sponsors and what's in the best interest of fans. Like there are some foundational aspects that we're never going to sacrifice, Um, but we never, we never speak in definitives. We never say never. Like we, we've had a lot of things happen over the years, um, good, bad, or indifferent. And we're, we're just always kind of looking ahead to try and understand what that uh, evolution may look like. We have a lot of people for whatever reason who just hammer us about co-anglers. I can say (laughs) pretty definitively, pretty definitively that we will never have a model for co-anglers. And, and I fished the opens for a couple of years as a co-angler, um, not because I wanted to be an angler, but I needed to learn the industry and needed to understand how the industry works. Brad's fished as a boater with co-anglers, Brad's fished as a co-angler. Like we, we've got a lot of input and a lot of feedback in, in how we make adjustments. Now that being said, if people are are you know passionate enough about a two man format you know there could be a team deal out there someday like like nothing is off the table with us and nothing is too far outside the box um but that being said we want it to be a positive experience for whoever's paying that entry fee we want to make sure i don't want to get into this you know guys griping about co-anglers messed them up or co-anglers griping about boaters front boating them with their uh you know etch-a-sketch you know whatever they're <laughs> utilizing to see the fish these days um, it, it like we just want to create create you know if if we expand into a two-man team deal it's not going to affect what we do on our day-to-day basis yeah. uh we got to do what we do really really well we've had kayak guys call we've had college and high school uh, organizations call hey we want to partner with you man I'll, I'll task y'all with something, okay? If y'all want to be the podcast, the greatest podcast to ever figure anything out in this fishing industry, write me up a flowchart on how the state and national high school and college championships are organized <laughs> and, and what you do. And, and I'm not trying to poor mouth because I think that everybody that works in those worlds, with the exception of, of a 1%, I think that everybody works in those worlds, for they do it for nothing, like the coaches, Mm. the boat captains, and we're extremely, extremely thankful. When you talk about the application process, when a guy uh, calls us up like the original John Cox, I've I've known him for years, (laughs) um, know his abilities and everything, if you knew how much time that dude put into his daughter's high school fishing, You know, and when she got to college, she decided, I don't want to fish in college. She went to Bryan, I think, for a semester, maybe a year, whatever. um, And she was supposed to go on a fishing scholarship. Um, But, like, they just get worn out. Well, my thing is, if somebody's going to sacrifice his time being a boat captain for four to eight years for kids to put them in a position to where they can become an angler, and that dude says, hey, I paid my dues, I want to come fish a trail right now. I don't care that he's never won a BFO or that he's never, you know, I mean, at, at that point he's got as much time on the water as anybody else. Yep, he's, yep. he's helped teach. He's helped expand. He's done exactly what y'all were talking about. He didn't talk about growing the industry. He helped grow the yep, industry yep, to a point. True. We <laughs> owe it to that guy to give him an opportunity. Um, you know, we've got an angler right now and, and I've almost quit calling him this because I, I don't want him to take it derogatorily, but like year one, Adam Stavage was our number one fan by far. Like, like he absolutely supported the league, supported a bunch of anglers. Um, it was absolutely unbelievable when we got to uh, got to call him and say, "Hey, man, we're going to give you an invite." You know, there there might have been a a tear or two shed, uh, more so on our end than his end. But um, Gary Atkins was the same way. We got a call from you know some folks up in Wisconsin. Um, our little buddy Kyle Carpenter, Corn Dog Carpenter, and he said, "Hey, man, y'all gotta y'all gotta talk talk to this dude year two. Um, so, like, like, just that whole deal with with. There's other opportunities to give other anglers, other boat captains, uh, team guys, whatever they might be. Some some people just may not want to fish by themselves. You know, it might be a social thing for them. We're going to constantly evolve and expand into different arenas, but we're not going to do so. We're not going to do so in any way, shape, or form that detracts from the anglers who have already invested in us, um, the sponsors who have already invested in us. And we're only going to do it when we're ready to do it and we've got the, the tools and the availability to do it.
0: It's exciting to me. To, to hear some of the outside of the box things and and you know potential opportunities there especially like for for a team or something like that because it's there's a lot of team i think some of the team fishing is more entertaining than watching one guy in the front of the boat uh, on live scope or something sometimes just because there's a lot of strategy that goes into when you and your partner are fishing a team tournament, and and the base that you're throwing and the different wa- types of water you're trying to cover. You know, uh, depending on the time of the year and things like that. So, there, you know, there's a lot of strategy and things that go into that 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 could be beneficial for people. And it's just it's something that it's something different. It's it's something different. Yeah, and it's yeah. something that's really plugged into. So, just I'm not saying that's anything you all are going to do. You, you know, you kind of mentioned it, but just the fact that somebody's thinking about other ways to grow the industry and get more people involved who've put time in the water via various means, whether right. it's boat captain or, or fish and team events or, 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 one thing or the other to, to be thinking about ways you can include them and get them opportunities to fish at maybe a higher level or a higher level competition or, or nationally where they get to travel around the country and fish different bodies of water that may, they may not is, is exactly what we do talk about all the time when it comes to growing the industry and, and getting more people involved at, at different levels. And I, it's super exciting to hear.
3: I think you all are in a position, right? Because you're coming at the, you're, you're, I will use the word you're different, right? And you're able to approach it different because of the way the structure set up. I know Trey loves no co-angler thing. Cause he goes on the rant all the time about if, you know, he was in that position, he doesn't want anyone messing him up. Uh, and I, th- I mean, I think I feel the same way. Uh, but, and I kind of like the idea uh, i mean i like the application process and and like n- maybe you know who knows what's going to happen but like with never having a, a you know a qualifying event you can choose the right people mm-hmm. right to, right they may not be the best right but you can choose the right person for the organization to go back to where we're talking about really growing growing an anglers growing the industry right and right there's a lot of other organizations out there that have that model that are You know at the highest level what they do
2: yeah i mean taking a holistic approach to each person that's involved in your organization just defines that business model of culture um and and that's something you don't see a lot of times i mean there's a lot of great anglers and they objectively can meet the mark in a qualifying event uh but it doesn't mean they're a good person You know, it doesn't. Um, And and that's just the reality. Like you can meet all the objective benchmarks that that you can and you can qualify for whatever it is in, in life. But when you actually get down and peel the layers back on a human being and get to understand who they are and the why behind the why, then you can actually be selective and take a holistic approach to building your enterprise and how you guys are doing it. And it's all based on conditions, you know? So like, you know, those listening and watching this, it doesn't mean the MPFL is going to change over the next two years. We don't know that's on the ownership and setting conditions for what the next step may be. But like you said, Paul, you're not going to compromise what you currently have in order to try to advance too fast. You know, it's all conditional.
1: Yeah. Well, so did you, A-Trey, did you you talk to these guys about my, how I can fix the entire sport of bass fishing conversation Uh, you and I had?
2: Let's go ahead and break that down.
1: What was it impactful enough for me to even, do you remember what it was?
2: Uh, I mean, I remember a lot of things, but you're going to have to refresh my mind. <laughs>
1: okay. So, so Very tactful. Like, maybe, maybe this wasn't as, maybe, maybe this wasn't as great as I thought it was. Cause I really thought Trey would be like, you got to talk about that. So in, in, TBI, my TBI, every, dude. <laughs> preach. Um, so <laughs> if, if we, if we really wanted, so we, we hear the analogy and I've heard you guys talk about this comparing fishing to golf because they're both individual sports, right? Um, it, and 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 listen, this is never going to happen, but I do have some contacts in Saudi Arabia and I think I could get some Saudi <laughs> money. So let's say let's let's say we can get some Saudi money, right? And we go, "Hey guys, we're going to start a tr- true, we're going to merge all of them. I'm going to buy everything out. I'm going to buy BPT. Yes, Saudi money can buy BPT. I promise you. Oh yeah, Saudi oh, yeah. money can buy bass. I promise you, Saudi money can absolutely buy the NPFL. I promise you. <laughs> so we buy all of those organizations and we form something what that looks more like Major League Baseball or the NFL. We have regions and we have teams inside that: Team Mercury, Team Yamaha, Team Suzuki, Team Rapala, Team Six Cents. Those teams compete against each other in events individual versus individual. And when you structure all that out, you start to have league sponsors, you have team sponsors, but you compete all at one event, competing against pieces and parts at those events. You televise the whole thing, you build it around the NFL, the National Fishing League, whatever. But my point to this conversation, or this point is, when you start talking about outside-the-box thinking, like... Dude, we're never going to be the PGA. I, I golf incessantly for years, traveled in golf. Like, trust me, there's many, many reasons why we will never be golf, right? Yeah. But the number one reason, we, we are a fractured entity. We are three or four entities all going after the same little pieces of the pie. And, and just geographically speaking or, or, or fiscally speaking, this is a very small piece of pie compared to what mm. other industries operate with construction and textiles and, and whatever else. It's such a small piece. It's never going to get to where the fans probably really want it because of this construct that it's, that that, what it was born into until it's all ripped apart and started over. And I know that's absolutely atrocious to say, but you would have to blow it up, rip it all apart and start over for it to really be what people say they want but listen i don't think they want that anyway because people don't even understand what they're saying so that was yeah. my idea i I'd so think tr- get some saudi money how i can
0: fix it all
2: <laughs> well you didn't mention the saudi money thing down in santee but you did mention that there is a way to build it uh like very unified but it'll never happen i, I do remember having right. that conversation going to happen right um and speaking of it never gonna happen never gonna happen uh, from from all of the organizations getting together. Uh, what has there, you don't have to name them, but do you have adversaries that want to see you fail? 100%.
4: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's
2: totally contradictive to the mindset of growing the industry.
4: Uh, it, it, I don't, I, I've spent hours and nights awake, like, trying to figure out like man what i ever do to that guy or why why would that even matter it, it i think that's just how man what it whatever what whatever issue is going on in that person's life um or it's blind loyalty like they think it's going to garner something you know yeah. we got a call about another organization the other day well these guys are doing this dah, 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 dah. and the level that they were talking about doing it at it just wasn't like like the bottom level doesn't talk to the top level. So we knew there was a disconnect like, like these people had not been instructed do this to that person because he's affiliated with that league. Like that's just unrealistic. Um, I can tell you, Brad and I are both vehement, uh, uh, conspiracy theorists, Mm. you know, I don't know if that's because of our life or whatever. Like it doesn't mean we don't talk about it and we don't think about it. You know, like we're always, we're always looking at everybody's angle. Um, That being said, like, man, those people, those people fuel this more than they know. Like, like if if somebody wakes up in the day in the day and they say, man, I'm going to do everything in my power to put put Paul under the gun or to do harm to Paul or to do harm to Brad um, a like. I screw up enough to where I, I can't make it past my own screw ups to to, <laughs> to 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 get to get to the point to where somebody's going to be able to affect what I got to do on a, just on a day to day basis. I got to focus on you know ma- maintaining and managing what I got. That being said, like man, let us find out, and like that's just fuel for the fire. Like like sure. it 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 helps to know it because you don't have to wonder anymore. But at the same time, like. Don't care. Like, I mean, if if you hate it and you want it to fail, like, go back and lie to a bunch of other people about how you want to grow the industry. Cause I just don't, I don't see that coming out of those corners sometimes. Yeah.
1: Man, is it? So I won't, I won't out anybody cause that's, it's not what we're about. But the answer, I, yeah, 100%. We, I was never so proud when we made a slideshow that was leaked uh, to one of the, another major organization with some things in there that were actually wrong. Um, But I was like, holy crap, man, like they know who we are. That's, that's awesome. Like I I didn't care that they were talking shit about us. It was the fact that, man, we made it. Like we, we, we made the secret (laughs) slideshow that gets leaked out to everybody. (laughs) So it was pretty awesome. Mm. Um, I'll be honest, man. And I don't, you, you, you know, we probably spent enough Time together, Trey. Like you, you appreciate the comment. I don't care. Like mm-hmm. when, I, when I say that, it used to eat me a lot, dude. Like it was, it was the reason I woke up in the morning. It was the last thing I thought about before I went to bed at night. Go walk, staggering to the coffee pot. I was thinking about those sons. Sum- like they will not beat me. Blah blah blah. Man, we're. I, I've come to realize that we're good enough. That if we focus on what we know how to do and we focus on being the best company we can be and being as good as we can be to the anglers and sponsors, they can't stop it, bro. I don't care what they do, right? So that is where my focus lies. I rarely think of it anymore, to be honest with you. Even when someone brings it to my attention, I kind of am pretty quick to dismiss it Um, because if they're thinking about things like that, I'm gaining step by step on them. I promise yep. you if you're if you're focused on what I'm doing one single moment, every time you think about me, you're not thinking about your business and I'm coming slowly and steadily right on your heels. I promise you. Yeah. And that's what we will do.
4: I'll uh, I'll Get it expand. Together, from, Benson,
1: that was that was I, the I, best I'll, little monologue I've done in years. And you just crashed <laughs> it by your camera.
4: Knocked over. I, I'll expand on it from from. Uh, you know, from a perspective that I give folks in relation to bass and MLF um, and and to preface this, like this year at Redcrest, I, I went immediately to the Classic. Well, I immediately went to our Pickwick event, then to the Classic from Redcrest. This this Redcrest, I had zero MLF folks poor mouthing bass. Um, historically bass, I, I didn't hear a lot of bass guys poor mouth and MLF. My my presentation from an industry perspective is this: we all need to survive. Sure. If if I'm out if I'm out talking to sponsors and hating on M L F or Bass, um, it does them no good and it does me no good. You know, if if, if I'm if I'm over at M L F and I'm like, hey, Mister Jack Links, M L F did dot 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 Jack Links takes their money and they go and put it in figure skating or lawn bowling or badminton. Like like they're not going to take the money away from them and give it to me. And it hurts mm-hmm. a lot of friends that I have. I've, I've, got, I've got friends who were original investors in that league. I don't wish any bad upon any other organization and what we do. Um, if they called and said, hey, man, we need some help here. Or we need some help there. Truth be told, we'd be the first one. There might be some there might be some conditions, you know, it might be conditional help, but like we'll pull up our bootstraps and we'll go help them. If we think it's going to better the anglers and better the industry as a whole, um, we don't waste time on it. You know, we, we hear a lot of it and we, we just chalk a lot of it as to, yeah. to rumor or innuendo or whatever it might be. Um, and we just, we, we, we kind of, I'm going to steal something from my good buddy, Ken Duke. Like this is, this is another mantra that, that I've tried to, you know focus on in the last year after having a conversation with him last uh, last october so last seven months nine months um your own lane and own your lane so mm-hmm. you need to stay in your own lane and focus on your own lane but that lane is yours somebody comes into that lane you own it you do what you have to do to main mainstay main maintain your path of travel and stay in your lane um mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that y- you know you can't involve yourself in things that are out there but man we don't have the time with as thin and as skinny as we run it's everything that we can do every day to get done what we get done yeah. let alone our let alone our families let alone you know brad's got uh, one daughter in college got one daughter recently graduated and and moving a few states away from the, the homestead he's built a house he's you know Al's got another profession. Um, everybody has other things that they're involved in day in and day out. We don't have time to, you know, if it's if it's not anything worth addressing, we've gotten really good at just kind of blowing it off and saying, "So be it." I hate it for them, you know, because yeah. um, it is a small industry. I think ASA the last industry report I looked at total fishing industry was like four hundred forty billion or something R- ridiculous. Um, but for an industry that commands 3% of the uh, GDP of this country, um, according to them, uh, it's very, very, very small. Very, very small. Now, doesn't mean that we won't say something. That doesn't mean we won't take an opportunity to point out, you know, hey, guys, uh, heard this, don't appreciate it. Had an issue pop up with, you know, I'll call it internal with a partner of ours at our last event, Um, the, the morning... The morning of our off day, you know, Brad and I were meet, was meeting somebody for breakfast. We get a call. The call could have came a few days ahead of that, and it would have been a lot easier. Like, we, did, we didn't we did just roll over and die. We just said, hey, man, that, you know, really wasn't good for us, you know, and we don't appreciate it. Um, yeah. Talk to that gentleman today. Everything's great. Everything's like, you can be transparent. You can call people out, and you can hold people accountable without being rude, irate, you know all that type of stuff. Yep. Um, and that's something that we work on day in and day out, whether it be an angler, whether it be a sponsor partner, whether it be uh CVB, whether it be uh, a media partner, you know, such as y'all's, you know, you, such as you yourselves. Like we really just try to focus on not reacting or overreacting to uh, anything that comes up and just, you know, how can we learn from it? How can we get better from it? And, you know, go on down the road
2: but i, I want to talk about uh you said partners i want to circle back around that and, and specifically talking about fixed tv because i know we talked about that at the beginning um but i, I think a good message and, and this goes for every everyone in the world but specifically people inside the fishing industry and listen like i'm a nobody inside the fishing industry right i'm just a dude that lives in sanford north carolina um but i, I think the point is, is if we learned anything if we if we're learning let's learn not to be ugly Americans. And, and we, and we, we did a lot of that. Uh, and, and I want to, cause you guys have history in this, like the, we, we were in two wars for almost 20 years and, and we learned how to be, we learned the ugly American concept real quick. And, and that doesn't just, start and stop overseas i mean it, it's what business business is ugly but it doesn't have to be uh, you can still be competitive but still stand the moral high ground and i think that's kind of the point that you guys are talking about is standing that moral high ground and, and maintaining like you know good order and discipline within your own organization to where you can shrug those uh, little negative things off and and for young aspiring anglers and i know pete and ben and i talked about this like you don't Go out and bash everybody just because you don't like something, you know, you're going to really hurt your opportunities for sponsorships and partnerships and relationships and also all sorts of things like that. And so I can tell you from my personal experience, I've never heard anyone trash the MPFL. I've heard other people trash things before. Um, And, you know, just from a podcast perspective, it's like, well, I don't want I don't really want that person on our show you know, that's not what we stand for. We're not here to trash anybody. We're here to talk about what you've built. And, uh, and so that's a, that's an important message. Don't be the ugly American. Right. So um, we, it, go ahead.
4: We, we have good, we have good anglers who are fiscally responsible who are not fishing this league because they took the time to poor mouth another organization uh, throughout their conversation and application process. Multiple, yeah. you know, like, and, it, and it's that, that, that's just, you know, Brad, Brad, alluded to that a little bit before, like if some dude comes in and he starts chirping about another organization and all their faults and failures, um, they can call up and say, hey man, I'm mad at the other guys. I don't want to fish here anymore. I want to come fish with you. Like that's legitimate. But if they're going to spend an hour telling me how bad the other guy is, well, it's only a matter of time until I fail them in some way and then I become that guy. So. The, the whole thing of, of the backbiting, um, you know, all that type of stuff, that goes back to that, we, we're, we're just too courteous of an industry. Like, we, we, we're we happy to call people out behind closed doors, you know, yeah. off air, every, everything else. And, um, you know, I think in the, if I can say that Brad and I continue to mature in this industry, I think we've learned from some of that. Like, I, there's a lot of that, like, we get pulled into conversations or whatever, and there's sometimes we'll just, We'll just turn around and walk away. Like, yeah. we're just not going to participate in that stuff. And we're not going to feed into that for the industry. Once again, we don't let it go. You know, y'all you, you call us and say, hey, man, what do you mm-hmm. think about this guy or whatever? Hey, man, I'd, I'd have somebody else on. You know, here's, yeah. here's somebody yeah. else's number that's twice as interesting. Um, sure. But I think that that's well, slowly well, getting cleaned up.
1: Yeah, let, but that's us call it what it is. There's a lot of cowards in this industry, man. Listen, I mean, I, listen, <laughs> and, and it's. That, that's 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 the that's just the way it is. Like, people that if you're not man enough and have the professional courtesy to address things at face value, and you take us you take a backdoor approach to gain a desired outcome from something that you have no business in anyway, like you're a coward, right? Like, mm-hmm. and there there are a lot of people who have no backbone in this industry. That's that's just the way it is. Like, I, and listen. I'm all good with that because I'm going to thrive in that environment if I can get my feet under me and get established. Right. Like, and, and if you're not, if that offends you, then we're probably not going to do business together. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if you can't address that at face value and anyone in my opinion that says that's not true, like cowardice is a prevailing dominant trait in today's world anyway. And I think <laughs> it's leaked into bass fishing and it's, between that and people's ego the the links people will go to to defend their overinflated egos is absolutely depressing right <laughs> like hey man check your like check your ego at the door yeah. and let's do what's right because it's not that it feels good man like do it one time do the right thing one time and in spite of your ego and you will not you'll be amazed at the euphoric high you get from doing good yeah. But people just are so afraid that it's going to tarnish their social aim, uh, social media image that they run from doing what's right. And, yeah. man, I, I think we've shown people that you can do that and you can be proud of it and you can tackle it at face value. You can check your ego at the door and say, hey, man, I screwed that up and I screwed it up bad. And here's what we're going to do to fix it. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking for some I'm looking for some for some uh, some grace here on your behalf to give me a chance to. You know, make make it good, and that's the only thing we can do. Hey, before we get into the fixed deal, go ahead, Trey. I jumped right no, in.
2: We were we gonna we're gonna talk about that amplifying the things you're doing right through your partnership with Fixed TV. Uh, it was a great segue. So go ahead, what you're gonna say, real quick, though.
1: You no know, I just I, I want to go back real quick, and I I want to put this in perspective. Back to the angling field for next year, right? That's something we said we want to talk about, and this will take one minute. So. One thing that we will do is the MPFL is I am going to, we've already got 12 anglers who are 100%. They have not signed contracts. They have not paid deposits. I've had direct conversation with 12 individual anglers who are previous MPFL anglers who are coming back to fish the MPFL, right? Awesome. So that's 12. Everybody plug 12 into your calculator, the number 12. So
0: doing right I've, had
1: converse, I've had conversations Loose conversations with 32 other but not all have fished the MPFL. But they were people we spoke to, and they could not make it happen on their end as far as whether they fished with us or not. So mm-hmm. that, that number it's is 44. 32 that are strong possibilities. 44 and 76 is what?
2: What is it, Ben? 120. <laughs> 120.
1: 120. So we're, we're, we're at 120 without even opening up an application process.
2: Right. Yeah. Now,
1: that now let's nice this, this be realist here. Of the 75, I ha- let's call it 76 we started with, I know that I'm probably going to lose at least 20 of those guys, just being realistic, at least 20, right? So now I'm up, I need 30 anglers to fill the field before I ever open the application process. And let's say that Let's say that of the 44 we had, not all those guys actually pan out. Let's say only like, I don't know, let's say 30 of them do. So 14. So right now, the MPFL needs 40, 44 angles, 44 angles is what I have. Right. So what, what I'm trying to paint the picture for here is, man, I've probably got 60 emails in my inbox right now of guys like, you have to let me in the MPFL. It's my destiny. You know, all the stars are aligned. You know what I mean? Like I won the lottery, please let me in. Um, guys, we're not going to have a problem filling the field next year. I, yeah. I, I feel really, really strongly about that with needing what we need. Um, so then it goes into, if we have a waiting list, what that looks like, how do you do that? We're going to start making some announcements and putting it open. We'll open the application process about one August. Here's the reality of the where we're at in the fishing. I would love to have my schedule done before I open up the application process. The timing of when we have to have anglers in and the schedule out, it just doesn't line up. Listen, it's no secret. I don't want to compete with viewership for the elites. It's, 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 it's viewership suicide to try to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So I, w- I would like to stay off the elites as much as possible. Guess what? Chase doesn't call me and give me their schedule in advance. Right. So <laughs> if so we have to loosely make our schedule. We've we've got a bunch of good venues on the hook. So we know roughly where we're going and we know when we're going, but we're not gonna have dates nailed down till after those some other things come out in the industry and and we get a hold of those. So I know that's something you'd ask me to cover. Um, one August, application process turned on. We will let the public know how many angers we need based on who we already have signed up. But we owe it to those guys who were here with us early on. Let me put it this way. We owe it to some of those guys who were already with us in year one and two um, to give them a chance to come back. And, and we're willing to do that. So
2: Yeah, but I, but I mean, even though you're not – the publishing the schedule won't line up with the angler roster, unless you go out to like Lake Mead or the California Delta or something like that. Like it's pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it, everyone can make a pretty good prediction on where they're going to start fishing and where they're going to end up fishing. Is that not, is that not accurate?
1: Yeah, well, listen, I, I almost being the outlier, right? Like Amistad. Man, when we had that thing scheduled, there, that was another thing. We scheduled that for event one this year. And bro, you would have thought we were going to Mars. Like,
2: <laughs> I can't kind of <laughs> looks like it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Brad, 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 I don't have an I don't have access to a spaceship, buddy. Like, I can't time travel to get there. I'm like, oh my gosh. So listen, man, the six thousand dollar entry, lessons learned, right? When I go back and look at my lesson learned file from last year, Trey we will have probably the most rudimentary run-of-the-mill schedule you've ever seen in fishing next year. Nice. Um, However, comma, there will be an event or two on there that are – listen, man, our identity is out there. We're going to go to some some lakes that are steadfast bass fishing lakes at kind of different times because, believe it or not, Florida fish is really good other than in January, like I promise you it does.
2: And you can catch bass through the, the ice.
4: I've heard that. I'll i never do it. Ice treasure. The
2: NPFL is going to have an ice fishing. I, tournament. No, they are I not. not.
4: I can one hundred percent. I can one hundred percent promise you. Once again, I I I said never say never. Right? We will never ever have an ice fishing tournament. We are not. <laughs> we are not like. I can tell you the the southern contingency. Once again, yeah. we don't often veto stuff. Uh, you know, we have talked about I I. Call me crazy. I would love, and it's dang near impossible for production, but it's it's not that we haven't discussed it. I would love to have a produced live uh, night tournament. Would love. Oh to man, so under whether under, it's under animals, yeah, yeah, whether it's guys fishing in nods. I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> we can produce it.
2: You're gonna um, have to get Jamie that, Caldwell on board with that one.
4: So J- Jamie's on board. He's a good good. <laughs> good friend i don't think he would i don't think he would trust our guys with his his equipment So <laughs> I, I could just, but once again these are these are the crazy outside the box conversations yeah. that we have in, in relation to it you would be surprised you you mentioned like guys you know as long as we're not going to california man we want to go to california someday we we promised a lot of western anglers like jake boomer and brian smith we would do it um it's still on the to-do list, and, and we will like when when the we're not allowed to discuss politics, so that won't come into it. But when the water, mm-hmm. the time, all, whenever, when all the stars align to where it makes sense for those guys, we're, we're gonna go west, and and when we do, we'll call out there to wild west and one and all those guys and make sure we reach out and say hey guys you know hat in hand we're, we're coming out your way to to kind of help how, how can we help y'all's platforms yeah, if we awesome. can if if we can we don't you know we don't think for a minute that we can go in and like improve somebody else's environment or their mm-hmm. their lifestyle for what they do because they're pretty pretty daggum good at what they do out west um but we definitely want to help bridge that gap if possible I can probably tell you it's not going to happen for 2024. Um, yeah. That being said, you would be amazed at how many guys are particular about one lake, like Brad was talking about with Amistad. And sometimes it's not even related to the proximity of the lake. Sometimes it's, I, I promise you, if we put, and I'm not poor in bass, I'm not poor in Orange, Texas, I would love to go there sometime, but I am not putting the Sabine on the schedule for twenty twenty. Thank you. I, oh, thank you. I, oh, thank I, you. <laughs> no, and, that is my least look, favorite event. Look, look look, man, I would love to go to Three Rivers. I would love to go to the Ohio River. But Brad, w- would you would you like it? I wanna I'm, I'm, take fishing off the table, bro. Take the take the fishery off the table. Would you like okay. it if we if we had an event, you know, thirteen miles from your house on the Ohio River, oh my God. Like, yeah, dude. like, like it'd be, yeah. it'd be pretty awesome. So we do, yeah. we do take, we do take fishing into into consideration. But you know, when you look at the success that we've had with events like right patman um, saginaw bay we're fixing to go to saginaw bay mm-hmm. and it is going to be a show if there's ever an event that i can put out there to tell somebody you're going to want to come see this event saginaw bay this year we're weighing in downtown bay city um got a great setup right on the river it is going to be a little non-traditional can we talk about the format brad change yeah yeah, yeah, yep yep so yep so so the city the city being downtown on the river they've asked us not to do a trailer weigh-in um so these guys will be walking up that will not be a trailer weigh-in for Saginaw Bay I don't think it's going to diminish the production any um at the same time they're having a summer concert series going on Friday night Saginaw Bay we're going to have 38 special playing immediately following the weigh-in um I'm sorry I'm sorry did I say Friday night? Friday night is 38 special. Saturday night's a band yeah. called Here, Here Come the Mummies. Uh, there's bands from Wednesday through through Sunday. So it'll be a big show and a big party. And uh, Saginaw did a great job of rolling out the red carpet for us last year. So we are extremely, extremely pumped about that one. Um, every organization's going to Ufaula, Oklahoma this year, and we're looking forward to our chance. I think we're the last event out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that they will have worked all the you know all the bugs out on their side logistically and everything and we're looking for a great event there and then mm-hmm. finishing finishing here and it i know that y'all are like all of you with the exception of pete pete may be like six hours but all of you are in close enough proximity that you can come down and have a uh not to throw you under the bus but i'm going to you can have a live one cast edition live from the uh, Lake Lanier event uh, in October. Yeah, I forgot
0: you guys were going to yeah. Lanier. I think we're, that we're going to plan. I'm going to cl- plan to come down
4: close enough. Y'all just let mm-hmm. me know uh, if we, if we need to need to get you a tackle set up to help you pay for some gas or whatever, like we'll, we'll work with you how we can, but the last three events, the, the first three events have been really, really good. The last three are going to be good. And as rudimentary as the schedule looks like next year, it's it's going to continue to uh, just get tougher and tougher to fish in the NPFL, fish against these guys on all these yep. lakes.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I think uh, yeah. Well, I'm planning now. Yeah, I forgot about Lanier in October, so I was trying to plan when I was going to be able to make it to one, and I'll I'll definitely be down for that. Uh, yeah, I just brought up the schedule the, here the,
3: to remind myself of the the dates to see which one I can get to.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: if 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 you're coming if you're coming down, Trey Trey weaseled out on us. We don't take a a we don't take a opportunity not to put you guys in a truck and give my little old legs a break from running back and forth like we'll let you pull a few anglers through and drive some trucks at uh at, at Lanier that way cuz we'll, free labor is good labor, bro. It's like we'll put to help out and I love, love about, man. I'll, uh
0: yeah, I'll see uh I might try to come down for the October twenty second, but yeah. for sure we'll get down there that uh i was bummed i didn't make santee and i definitely want to get get to an event in person and not you know i see i see it on tv and it looks great so Dude, fix, i dropped so. my
2: retirement packet in october which means i got two years left so you know i'm gonna be transitioning and doing everything <laughs> i can to follow some you know some national level schedules and stuff and santee was an audible because we were supposed to be fishing i was supposed to fish tournament on saturday but <laughs> sunday was a great opportunity to come down to santee um but speaking of the media side Let's jump into fixed. Talk, fixed talk TV. Yeah. T- talk fixed TV uh, to the audience.
1: So I, l- let me let me set this up, Paul, and then I, then I'll bring you in to to, to close it. Um. Well, he, he, let me just ask you this: Like, what do you guys think? Oh. You guys still there, Trey?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're good. You're good.
1: Do you guys need to reset?
0: No, nope.
4: no. You're good. are no, nope.
1: good. Oh, okay. Um. So the fix what did you guys think when you heard that we were leaving facebook and youtube and all those things and going to this new like fixed tv like what was your initial thought when you guys heard i'm just curious what each one of you thought about that move if you will
3: so for me my my only real concern was that is how would it affect viewership because it's free platforms and uh, i understand it's you know you get the free and that's what i i watch currently because to be honest i didn't understand i didn't i didn't look into enough to to behind the paywall benefits, which I'm glad we, we're going to get into in a second, because now I'm going to go home and sign up to make sure I uh, make sure I can follow who I want to. But uh, that was, that was, the, you know, from someone who's been doing social media for years, y- years and the views, like, how does that going to affect viewership? And it's, even if it's free, it's, it's easy when someone's already on those platforms all the time. And, and it's always difficult to get people to hit the more clicks you have to hit to get someone engaged, the more difficult it becomes
2: yeah and i was just i didn't know i mean i watched um i think it was your first season i don't know if the second season but everything was on youtube i mean mm-hmm. all of it was on youtube and that was awesome because like if you're sitting there and if i wasn't fishing i was watching it on youtube and hell i would even watch it on youtube while i was fishing if i had service yeah. um because it was cool you got to see basically everything uh covered so this is this
0: is new to me i i just yeah. went and downloaded it I consider Paul friend and and like what you guys were doing, so I wanted to continue to support, so I just downloaded the app and was ready to go.
1: Good answer, Pete. You you must you must all you must you must owe Paul money.
4: No, No, I don't don't think so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. No, so so you're you're right, man. So the, the, the my big concerns were change is equals volatility. Right. And volatility, usually it's not good for a business as a startup. Like we're, we're still a startup. Like I, I, I use that term with investors and in and, and our meetings, like we're, we're, we're a mature, we're a maturing startup. Right. Um, so the thing about that was so frustrating about the Facebook part of what we were doing was. I felt like we were giving something to Facebook for free that I felt like mm-hmm. they should have been paying us for And the reality of it is like thousands of hours of view time. And guess what we got for that? Absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Really? Now, when I go to a sponsor and I say, oh, look at all this great, they don't, they didn't care. Like progressive Mm -hmm. never said, Hey, let me see your face. How much, how many hours of view time you have on Facebook? They didn't care when it went to overall viewership. Yes, it was, it was something that was factored in, but Here's a little secret inside information as is, 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 is Pete wanted. Bro, we're here for the long burn. We're not here for the instant gratification of what it is right now. I'm here to build something to have a strong presence on the platform I wanna be on 10 years from now. Yep. We were willing to take the chance on the fixed app because I do believe that the fixed app will grow into what my outdoor TV was supposed to be but it never really came to fruition. So I'm t- I'm gambling on the guy who took a bet on a, a flyer on us, Brian uh, Keller, who runs Fixed Productions. He built Fixed TV because he was tired of dealing with YouTube and Facebook. So we're all in with Fix TV because the platform is available on Roku. It's available on the Amazon Fire Stick. It's available on Apple TV. Any streaming service, you can download the app. And use it just like another app on your TV, just like mm-hmm. YouTube or whatever. But the content is isn't as parsed. So we were getting crushed on YouTube because we had six hours of viewership, six hour videos up there. Well, hell, if someone watched for two hours, that was only thirty percent viewership. So we yeah, were getting yeah, crushed yeah. in the algorithm, and we were on. You couldn't find this on YouTube unless you put in the national professional fishing league mm-hmm. we would never be in a for you to view because we we had we didn't have the right algorithms in there we would have to have somebody watch 5 hours and 59 minutes of a 6 hour video to do that did you know that we were also streaming on twitch at the same time
0: i didn't know that no Mm-mm.
1: yeah so that went nowhere turns out twitch people aren't really big outdoorsmen
0: I I never never even heard of Twitch.
4: It's a video game thing. Yeah. They're
3: they're trying to expand out, but yeah. I
4: I didn't know we were on Twitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. Yeah. So, man, it it was a super tough decision. But when we really sat down and thought about it and talking to Brian Keller up with the real shot and the fixed TV, like, we're just, we're betting on us, man. We're betting on. The fact that it's, it's a it's a great platform and if people would just give it a chance and I want Paul to kind of walk through he, – he does a really good job of breaking it down in caveman terms um, on why it's – it is a good thing. You, you know what I mean? But go ahead, Benson.
4: So, so there is a paywall, Fix TV. You get everything for free just the same that you did. They – they archive everything everything's available you can fast forward roll through there's no like the commercials are the same the the commercials just run through the the feed so there's not like a commercial break you got to stop and watch um we do have headers and footers and things of that nature as far as how it kicks off um i do want to find a way to shorten that lead-in time but i think that's just a, a just a necessary evil for any kind of production type deal like that um but the paywall like when we first our first event i think we just had people just looking for ways to tear it down they wouldn't slow down long enough to read like okay well i don't have to pay i have an option to pay it's uh I pay $5.99 a month, um, I actually pay it, they give it to us for free, but because I went through and, and didn't read and was too fast, my penance is my $5.99 a month for the Fixed TV app. <laughs> behind the paywall, behind the paywall you get a lot of, a lot of different things, uh, including the and in show with Luke and Fat Cat. So we essentially take Luke and Fat Cat after six hours of straight streaming with little to no breaks, no food. Uh, nothing but caffeine and, and you know, talking. And we dump them in a room on some casting couches and tell them to say whatever they want to say. That's where Corndog Carpenter, uh, in Pockets, um, uh, they've elaborated as to my uselessness, you know, uh, many times. Like, it, it's, it's all in good fun. The biggest piece about it is on that weighing in show, you get to see the anglers, like, live cut, As soon as they come off a stage, Brad or I grab them, uh, typically Brad, and, man, you're going to weigh-in Go over there. Um, They go to a separate part. You're still watching the weigh-in while they're talking to the angler. Uh, If something big happens, they're able to backfeed it, so you don't really miss anything out of the weigh-in show. They uh, beta tested a new format called the weight room the last time, which I went through and watched some of it, it's like a it's like a, a a database or a hub of everything that's going on. It's probably the best organized information-wise as far as just putting it on a screen and knowing you you know who's who's just weighing in, you know who's coming up at the bottom, you know who's big fish, you know who's leading. You got your top ten, you know as they weigh in, all that type of stuff. Um, that's called the weight room, so that's a separate screen from from weighing in. The biggest thing is during the live streaming during the day. Let's say we've got uh, so total you have eight cameras. You've got five production cameras and you've got three stationary cameras that do have sound. Whoever has a camera when you when you're behind the paywall, let's say Brandon Perkins has a stationary camera all day. You can choose to watch Brandon Perkins. When when Brandon was doing his thing on Pickwick, you could go behind the paywall and you didn't have to go through the the Production side of what we were doing and you literally just watch brandon fish the only time they turn those cameras off um i think are restroom breaks or, or like if there's an emergency type situation or something like that but i mean it's the it's the truest rawest form of of watching fishing that's available and you can flip back and forth between the the cameras that are on the water um we have been doing stationary cameras like beta testing some of the stationary camera stuff um you know, th- there are going to be options in the future for sponsors to buy specific cameras, anglers, you know, hopefully anglers to buy specific cameras. Like when we talk about the different stuff, we would love the viewer to have the option to watch whoever you want to watch. Yeah. Um, it's just a, just a matter of some money and some time. Mm-hmm. But you, you are not required to pay the subscription or to buy the fixed TV subscription to watch what we do on a regular basis it's a great tool to go back and watch it um they've also got some you know other great content creators on there i think uh uh my buddy Smallmouth crush is up there on a lot of their stuff they've got four or five different shows uh through the real shot and through different things that uh one of their big shows that's brian and matt tratz Matt is uh as much as I regret talking good about him sometimes like <laughs> he's an ex- he's an extremely uh entertaining character and and he keeps things moving. they got a show on there called the Dude factor uh that's growing you know mm-hmm. slowly but surely um and it's open to podcasts like yourself like it 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 you know it doesn't it doesn't hurt to put your content in multiple places so as more anglers come on i think gary atkins might be putting a channel on there i don't know who all is going on there but as if i was a content creator specifically i would want to put my content wherever people would let me put my content whether it was youtube facebook you know uh if there's a platform that says well you can put it here but we're the only place you can put it unless they're paying you a lot of money it just doesn't make sense so um, the good thing is, is, is like for instance, y'all, uh, I will call you a southeastern or North Carolina based podcast for the the most part. Y'all have seen, you know, considerable growth, which is great. But you know, it probably wouldn't hurt for y'all to go on there and, and let some of those folks up in the Wisconsin area, in Minnesota area, see what you're about, and that's where mm-hmm. they're based out of Appleton, yeah. Wisconsin. Um, but it's a great app. It works great. You know, I have very very few outages. I like the fact that you don't have to click out of it, Uh, and this is whether you're on the free side or the paywall. If I'm watching it and I gotta take a phone call or I gotta uh, answer an email or something else, like you can minimize it, still still hear what's going on, um, and still have it on your screen on your phone. It's it's very very user friendly. As they continue to grow content and everything else on there, it, it. you know, I, I have high expectations and aspirations for it just because I know the people that are behind it and they're mm-hmm. going to put a lot of steam behind it and make it a good deal. Um, in relation to the viewership loss or anything of that nature, I, I it, it, I mean, it hasn't It's it's been a blip. It's almost like when we went from year one to year two, we went from three days of live coverage to two days of live coverage. And, man, everybody's head exploded. And we actually... <laughs> We actually got more viewership with two days of coverage than we did with three days of coverage because we all know like it's it's tough. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. I I appreciate anybody that gives me 10 minutes of their day to watch what we're doing, Um, because it's a lot to keep up with. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fix app does organize it, you know, pretty easily to where you just go to fix, scroll down to NPFL and you can go through and click on whatever you want to click on whatever you want to go through um another resource that we cannot man brad i'm glad i just thought of this and in my add kicks up and i go 100 different directions one of the we partners one, one of the partners that helps us um who is kind of an unsung hero he's a huge fan of fishing he follows bass he follows mlf uh it's a guy named ray otterson uh pro sites uh he runs our website one of our most undervalued uh, assets is the website like if there's something you want to know or want to see, and you're trying to play catch up, the blogs are written very well. Um, You know, by by our blog guy. uh, I, I think I'm supposed to keep him as a ghostwriter, uh, um, <laughs> but Ray Ray does a very good job at you know keeping everything updated, keeping everything flowing. Hang on, and hey, whoa, 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 whoa. are um, you
1: are, are you serious about the ghostwriter thing, or is that a joke?
4: No, I thought at one time it was like it was. Oh. hey like I'll do it, but I, I could be I could be wrong. I don't know. I know we. Right.
2: You guys don't know, but you signed an NDA. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> so Listen, man, just, you, you, if you got to tell us, we got to edit that out. We I guess we can.
4: <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> no, no, no. It's breaking news. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's, I thought it, it's just some. I didn't Barr know. I didn't Bryce. know it was. I, I don't well, know. I wouldn't dude. say it if you. Hey. If, well, if
1: you think he's a ghostwriter, he's not anymore.
4: I'm just going to tell it. I'm just going to tell everybody I'm drunk. He does a great job. He, <laughs> he, de- he deserves the promise. I'll say sorry, bro.
2: Can you get a podcast under the influence charge? <laughs> yeah. No, but.
4: No, no. no. I, I've. I've I've tested those uh, <laughs> stones over today, but but like th- those are another example of people who are extremely extremely important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who manage what we do, what you know what we do, and help us and support us and keep things flowing. But I think a lot of people take for granted the amount of information that's available on the uh, on the website. Sure. Um, yeah. we've got a new new catalog uh, deal that Baitworks is is funding that's you know it's it's like everybody else's top 10 type stuff um but if you go into the article and read the article and start clicking through the links you'll you'll see how easy it is to get from brandon's uh brandon perkins winning rattle trap on pickwick for this time of year to a shopping cart because it's pretty well organized and it's it's pretty fluid and in how easy it is to to buy that stuff when you're out there tournament fishing and people are watching it
2: I think you're absolutely right. A lot of us in this room get frustrated with some of the other websites. We won't name the names, but some of the other websites that you go to, and it's extremely user unfriendly. It's hard to navigate. Um, you know, and that's, that, that's one of the things we did when we, you know, we launched this podcast and what was it? January. And, uh, you know, the, the first thing we did, we didn't want to be the podcast that just did tournament recaps. Um, you know, everyone's doing that and that's fine. We do tournament recaps, but we also want to, uh, explore the industry, which is very large, but we went through the, the websites of all the national level, uh, organizations and printed out their schedules. Trey didn't and- want to call them out, but I will
0: bass and mlf need to get their stuff together when it comes to their website it is terrible <laughs> both of them are
2: just god we would love to also have them on our podcast yeah, as well you're so more welcome <laughs> but if <laughs> i give you
0: some constructive criticism <laughs> fix your dang website well, because it is very tough yeah. to go on there get information whereas when i go to the npfl like paul you up a great point it is so easy to find anything that i'm looking for whether it's mm-hmm. a schedule a result uh upcoming the blogs it's all very easy to find it's very easy to navigate through you can get to your sponsors uh you know and i had never just to give one of your sponsors you briefly mentioned i'm sure we'll talk about it again in a minute but bait wrx i know it came on with you guys and i had never used them before mm-hmm. i don't know if i order tackle from anybody else i mean i put a, an order in like the first one i did was like a friday morning and it was there monday at noon and i was like well i don't need to order from and that was just with standard shipping yeah like and I've placed plenty more since then. And it's, it's fast shipping. They, they have what anybody would want. And, and, uh, you know, obviously it helps to support, support you guys, which is great too. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll call them out. Bass, yeah. ML, I'll fix your website. <laughs> well, it's,
1: it's, it's the, so, so, well, go
0: ahead.
1: I, well, I was say, say, Trey, I, like, I, I know we, we I, I, I just looked up I'm like, holy crap, man, it's been two hours and 28 minutes. We've been on this podcast. He, <laughs> here's one thing. And I, and, I, and I mean this, I'm curious, man. Honest to goodness, I'm curious if you guys could each or cumulatively change one thing about the NPFL right now. You made you you tell me, and I make it happen. What what would you guys change?
3: So, I want headsets on everybody, and I know they get the weight okay. tracker. I want them to talk smack to each other on the water. <laughs> I want, you know, I, I, I want to hear the competition. You know, a little trash talk involved. Okay. All, fun, all fun, you know, but. I've, I would love to see that go back and forth. So,
1: so some angler to angler comms during the tournament day.
0: Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. Hmm. I go, I go, I'll go, I'll go quick while you think. Okay. So the only thing, and I, I love the way that it's done. And I know you guys run thin, but if there was a way to speed the way in up just a little bit, especially with a full field, all three days, it can kind of get dragged out. And I know you only have, like you said, maybe nine people. I think Trey said there was only like seven down there at Santee or something like that. So you're running around getting trucks and things like that. But there's I mean, I'm sure there's some logistics there, but that's really the only thing that I that that I have when I'm watching away and it's just like it goes for a while. And that's only with seventy two anglers. But again, you're you're running lean. You're still a new organization, so I understand that. But that would be the one the one thing that I would try to work on is how to speed that up. Let let
1: me Jeez. let me address that real quick. Just just quickly is the The speed of the weigh in has nothing. we we have we're waiting on the trucks to go through. you know what I mean? so we if we had a hundred people the weigh in, it's giving that anger just a little bit of time on stage, man. And we great. run our way in right now at two hours with seventy six. Listen, hike up your skirt and get ready because at one hundred and thirty <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be a hot minute. Um, here's what I would challenge you though, is watch the weighing in show. If you're gonna go on and get behind the paywall with Luke and Fat Cat, it makes that two hours go by. If you want to watch That's the fair. whole thing, like yeah, yeah. it's yeah. actually you're being you're being entertained for two hours, not just. Yeah, I didn't catch him today. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, don't, I had the right on, It was a, like, it was a grind what, out
0: there. It was a grind. Yes, yeah,
1: I said what I should have zagged.
0: So, no, and yeah, I, and I hearing I that explanation is fair because I'm thinking of it as as a viewer, but. As somebody who potentially would sponsor an angler, I want them to have that time to stand up there and talk. So, so that makes even, more even, sense to me. From yeah, a logistical,
4: like, from a logistical standpoint, we 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 look at a ninety second clock on every angler that comes across, and you've got uh, Brad and I can each name five anglers who are going to be. You know, they're not going to be ninety seconds. They're going to be a minute forty five or a minute fifty. Like we know who they are, and and we also know anglers who are going to take. You know 18 seconds that being said like we do proactively watch the clock we've got three different people that that you, you know <clears throat> we do try to be good stewards of your time in relation to that but being angler centric focus the way that we are we want to make sure everybody has the opportunity and we one of the things that we're trying to combat is like when folks have bad days they catch one fish or they catch no fish you know we've had I think the last event we had a couple folks zero and they come across the stage. And once they conquered that fear of coming across the stage with a zero, we want to make sure that we're giving them the opportunity for their sponsors to get talked about good, bad, or, you know, whatever it may hold.
2: Fair. You know, it's really hard for me to, to think of something you could change. I, I, I guess the biggest thing I would say, and this goes for anglers across, it just, it's something that annoys the piss out of me. It's because like human engagement is like the name of the game for one of the things I do in my career field. It's like, some of these anglers need to be coached on how to communicate to the target audience. And, and what I mean by that is, is you're right. They get behind the mic and they say, oh, I'll practice with the ground. and really didn't catch him. I figured him out on day two though, but then day three sucked, whatever. But you know, and, and you're providing the opportunity for them. You shouldn't have to coach them on how to communicate, but I just feel like there's some training needed uh, for these good salespeople to get up there and talk about it. Some of the anglers do really well um you know and, and some of them are trying to hunt the good stuff but i it is it is the same old story over and over again um so maybe i, I don't know if you can elicit or or frame a question in a way that's going to elicit a response from an angler other than like hey how'd your practice go or whatever um But, yeah, I I really can't think of anything, like, logistically different. I think what you guys did at the very end, I thought that was so cool. When Patrick Walters was like, hey, let's everyone get in for a giant picture, I think that was awesome. Like, getting the crowd involved or whoever and taking a giant photo uh, just really made it feel like everyone was involved in the event. So if there was this sustain – like that was a sustain, right? And you may not be able to do that with a crowd of like 500 or more or whatever the case may be, or maybe you are and everyone at the very end gets into for a giant picture together. Like that was really cool. Once,
4: once, once the once the last truck is done moving, the only reason we have that yellow chain up is just from sheer safety. These, safety, guys, are, yep. these guys are driving big trucks on 36 inch, you know, with 36, 37 inch tires. Um, you know, there's a lot of kids running around. There's you know, people throwing out Frisbees and, you know, things of that nature. It's truly a safety deal. I, I can honestly say since, with the exception of Watts Bar, because I had to leave Watts Bar before we, before we crowned Patrick the champ there, I can honestly say every event since then, as soon as that final truck is parked in front of the stage, one of the first things we do is drop that chain. And it, I, I'd like everybody to know, and, and Trey, you got to see it firsthand, but, man, there's really not an off-limits area. Like, the bus station is... Not- The the bump station is off limits and behind that yellow chain as the trucks are moving, Um, you know, but when the guys are lining up, when, you know, like we want you climbing in their boats, we want you asking them the tough questions, we want you, you know, seeing firsthand the emotions of they had a great day, they had a terrible day, whatever it might be. Um, One of the biggest struggles that I think we face in the industry is we do a horrible job of showing what it actually is, whether it's getting sponsors, whether it's, you know, the travel, the headaches of travel, everything, whatever it might be. Um, We've had guys, uh, we've had guys get hit and trailers tore up, trucks tore up, whatever it might be you know a lot of people i don't think have a good understanding of what it takes time and effort wise to mm-hmm. be a professional angler no they do not um so when when we have people show up typically our fish runners are going to be kids that we see in the crowd that we say hey man come up and get a front row look you know we appreciate their effort and their their the free labor like like brad commented they almost always <laughs> leave with, with some sort of swag or something but we want those kids to see these guys firsthand and man i've seen guys have a terrible day and they get up on the stage and they're frustrated and whatever and when they come off stage and see them kids sitting there they're slapping high fives and cutting up with them and all that stuff so it just goes back to that environment of culture and in expanding on that
2: i know it i know we've been going for a for a long time i do want to say one more sustain is the community outreach programs that you guys run prior to the event kicking off i think that's an amazing thing um i know there's anglers out there that do late cleanup sponsored by like AFTCO and stuff like that but what you guys did prior previous to the event or before the event kicks off is is an awesome deal i did uh i don't know if you guys do this and 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 i know that we do this at like even the local level here is we get the conservationists like the biologists and stuff out uh at the fisheries to take dna samples to tag fish and stuff like that um conservation and education on those uh those weight or those fish release boats uh where a conservation officer or somebody can get up there and actually educate these kids and be involved in it i don't know if you do that but that is definitely an opportunity if possible
4: we 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 ask. Um I think we had it at Hartwell. I think we've had it a couple, maybe Hartwell Grand. Um, you know, we ask like like we really went hard in the paint to ask uh biologists in Texas. The biggest the biggest issue is they're they're undermanned, understaffed oh, yeah. and, and underfinanced. financed. if we know somebody, we'd love it. We would absolutely love to have it anywhere. Um yep. you know, because we're all about that. We invite Typically, we invite local law enforcement, fire, like any kind of first responders to come out, hang out if they have any kind of public outreach, you know, in relation to the weigh ins. And then uh, on top of that, we reach out to DNR and all those folks. Uh, The minute we get to town, we reach out to DNR and explain our ruling for what happens, because if our guys get a ticket, uh, doesn't matter (laughs) what it's for. If they get a ticket, they're DQ, you know, so it's a it's a pretty stout stout and stiff roll on the conservation end um we've seen our best year for fish care so far we were a little bit you you know we carried a year one and year two we carried a one pound penalty for a dead Mm -hmm. fish um we circled the wagon with the anglers listened to input um we gave them very vehement instruction that if fish care declined uh by us reducing the penalty we would go right back to a pound in a heartbeat we take we take fish conservation and fish care really really seriously that being said we would like to and i've asked this question in some different locales and different different areas i think the problem is you get the biologists and conservation on one side and then you get dnr law enforcement on the other and i think sometimes in some areas it's just hard to get these folks uh, in, in a perfect world like like give me the keys to the castle give me the keys to the checkbook and i would like to see us do a stocking program in relation to the amount of fish that we catch say we catch say we catch 680 fish over the three days of competition i'd love to put 1800 you know fingerlings back in or whatever i I don't want to misuse terminology or whatever but these are things that we discuss and that we want to get into um we gotta have money. We gotta have capital. Sure. And, yeah. and we have we have a lot of very, very good sponsors. We talked about Progressive, uh, we talked about the Bass Tank. Um, Works, Black Rifle Coffee, uh, Epic Baits out of Texas, uh, phenomenal sponsor of ours. You know, all these folks that, that are vested in us. We're still a little light on the load um, in, in, you know, the endemic side of what we do. It has been surprising in relation to the product that we put out and the delay that, that the standard endemic sponsorship has taken to get on board with us. It has been a little bit surprising now. That being said, we, we have good conversations. Everybody says we'd love to. I think uh, there are contracts being worked out you know different things different budgets you have uh, a lot of people at the at the higher end of a lot of these endemic uh companies out there you know there's a lot of turnover you know on Mm -hmm. the top level things of that nature i think it'll all settle out and i think we'll get some more support but Mm -hmm. if 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 -hmm. if i had a gripe you know industry-wise it would be uh you know i want to be real careful how i word this um but the lack of support from the endemic sponsors who are not partnered with us or are not giving us the opportunity is, is pretty surprising. So, yeah.
2: Well, hopefully the conditions are set in the future as you guys continue building your organization, uh, building that culture. And, you know, hopefully the, the adage is true. If you build it, they will come.
0: And if you ever get North Carolina on the schedule, we, we got the contacts to get you the keys for, uh, for anything that you would want conservation wise. And, and, uh, with throw full support because you know well, that it's important I, to them so
4: I'll be happier if we make it without the, the folks that 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 you know aren't supporting us now I will be because we'll grow the industry through other means and other mm-hmm. avenues and when they come mm-hmm. out and they say hey guys you y'all built the best thing going you know we 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 want in. you know we, I will gladly tell them to pound sand get out of here <laughs> you know all due respect yep. go away you know yeah. um that being said there there are a lot of companies just stretched thin there are a lot of companies who you know are saying the right things and i i think we're going to knock a few more down in the next next couple years as other contracts expire and things of that nature and but you know we truly want to be good stewards for the anglers so we're going to pick sponsors we want to partner with who are going to take care of our angler field and we want to pick you know locations that we're going to go to who are also going to take care of our angler field and i can tell you uh you with the exception of one, and even that one, like when we got to the to the root of the boots on the ground, those people wound up rolling out the red carpet for us. It all comes with hurdles, but, man, every place we go, you know, Clarendon County was just, you know, just phenomenal for us. You know, if there's a tournament out there thinking about going somewhere, you know, right now, South Carolina's tough to beat Texas, right, Pat? The folks at Wright Patman, man, they are unreal, phenomenal. Yeah. What they've done for us, I can't wait to give Bay City a, a another shot because I think that the people that are involved this year are going to make it a tremendous event. Um, You know, and I just I, I gain more and more hope for the industry as a whole as I get to deal with these people. When we went to Saginaw Bay last year, man, you go up there. Fishing, you, y'all are fishing tournament, you know. Da, 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 mm-hmm. da, and they're they're talking to you for five minutes before you say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, we're fishing for smallmouths, bass." <laughs> what you want to do that
2: for? <laughs> da, da, da. We one got one. It's
4: one of the greatest bass fisheries <laughs> in the world, and, the, and yeah. those people don't care. So yeah. you know, when we go into these areas and, and we're taking shots on on places, and we'll pick some bad ones. We'll pick some areas that that get kind of tough or get kind of rough. Um, I doubt that doubt that we schedule Cumberland in February or March, mm-hmm. you know, or too early of March, uh, you know, anytime in the near future. And and that's, it was a great location, just bad weather. It was an uncontrollable that did that. That being said, like, the, the, the more that we do this and the more that we learn, the more hope I have for the industry for the 50 or 60,000 high school and college kids that are out there. To come full circle in the conversation, you were talking about. You know, evolution of where we go. Prior to us, there were 500 spots in professional fishing. You know, even with us, and if you add the West Coast, you might be pushing 650 spots in professional fishing. And you got 50,000 kids. Uh, the the number that I got from Gary Mason four years ago was 40. So I'm just using a loose round number. If somebody's got an exact number, how many high school and college kids are fishing today? Uh, we'd love to have that on the onecast podcast that'd be an interesting trivia question it would be for somebody to cr- cram up but you know a lot of the guys that are occupying those 650 spots aren't going anywhere anytime soon All right. you know truth be told if we want to grow this industry and we want to we want to do this I'm not trying to get blood out of a turnip but some of these organizations need to, Rethink the distribution of what they're doing in relation to being good stewards for their customers base Mm -hmm. their clientele You know because it it will change on the bigger side for some of the motor companies or boat manufacturers or things of that nature Um, You know, we're gonna continue to put out a good product Uh, We're gonna continue to have great anglers making a bigger name for themselves through our platform and through our media we're gonna we're gonna own our lane and we're gonna be you know our own lane and own our lane um and you know just have fun doing it and continue to thank you know folks like yourself who are supporting us day in and day out we appreciate it
2: we appreciate you guys building the uh the organization you have um we definitely appreciate your guys time i know we've gone about three hours we're gonna do another episode hopefully Year in the future probably towards the end of the season to kind of wrap it up and stuff we're um, gonna do it
4: live at Lanier, bro we should do it yeah, live. We yeah. yeah. well uh
2: well uh, i mean i'm the boss so i can just take it off i guess whatever <laughs> but uh yeah um before we let you guys go ben pete you guys got anything for brad and paul
3: no just a, just i appreciate the time on here it was a great conversation learned a lot great inside baseball industry discussion and and the big takeaway is what you guys are building is something special. And I absolutely. think you need in the industry. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't have anything. I appreciate y'all. Oh, yep. Absolutely. I appreciate y'all giving us some time and uh, coming on and, and talking about what, what you had going on in the history of the league and everything else we got into. So it's, uh, it's been a great conversation that hopefully opens a lot of eyes and uh, it, it makes me feel even better about the support that, that we, you know, continue to give and have been given and, look forward to uh to being along for the ride and watching this thing blow up
2: gentlemen do you have any closing comments on anything
0: man
1: if we haven't covered it in two hours and 49 minutes and 10 seconds (laughs) then we probably (laughs) shouldn't be here i'm good buddy
0: awesome so yeah brad paul npfl appreciate your time everybody listening uh these guys are are walking the walk and talking the talk they're really about growing the industry like we talk about and uh, trey you want to hit them with your new slogan
2: Brad, Paul, all of us here at the OneCast, we're gonna we're gonna continue growing the industry, one cast at a time.
0: That's a good one.
1: That's a good one. That's a good. Oh god, it's a toad.
3: It's that. a <laughs> probe, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow. Feel like it's gonna be a bad day.